0: Good morning, it is Danger Dan. Got a killer show for you today. I recorded this back in Texas with Zachary. Thrash, pedal, steel player for Mike and the Moon Pies. He's got a bitchin' little sportster that he rides around Texas when he's not traveling with this band, playing music all across this great nation. He's got some shows coming up in Idaho and Milwaukee. In Texas, check him out at Mike and the Moon Pies. Zach is at the Bean Judge. Or at Bean Judge on the gram. <clears throat> Dude, I'm on the top of Red River Pass. Just came up here on the Can Am. My Pan Am shows up today. I'm fucking stoked. Gonna give away a $100 gift card to Lowbrow Customs. And here is. Paycheck to paycheck by Mike and the Moon Pies
1: On Monday morning i am a to in a hoe and to get myself in gear. I'm on a hard hat crew, cause the bills are due and I'm in up to my ears. But come Friday night I'll be feeling right when I'm catching my check downtown where the liquor sold and the I'm living paycheck to paycheck
0: that is a bitchin' tune, you can stream that on whatever the fuck you stream your music on these days, or look them up on YouTube, or just go catch them in concert. They'll be playing the Braun Brothers Family Reunion in Idaho, uh, what is that, August 14th. If everything lines up, I'll be there on the Pan America. We'll just see how things play out, man. Speaking of dates... Next week, July 22nd through the 25th, is the run to Raton in Raton, New Mexico. Lulu and the Black Sheep will be playing on Thursday night. And then me, Al, and Doghouse will be playing on Saturday night. The outbound train. And I'm fucking stoked. Doghouse, I know you're listening to this on the way to Raton. Can't wait to see you. Me and Al did a little jam session the other day with uh, old J.P. Rodman playing harmonica. Hopefully we can get him to sit in with us on Saturday night. Pretty stoked. Pretty stoked, Doghouse. You and Lulu are going to have fun and anybody else that shows up as well. August 11th. This is during Sturgis at Sturgis. Uh, Ricky Bongo sent me up. He is doing his Wild Vegas party at the Jack Pine Gypsies Hill Climb. Uh, and you can climb the fucking hill on your chopper. They got one that's a little milder than the, the pro one. He's going to have a chopper show. I believe they're going to let you out on the fucking flat track on the choppers. Sounds pretty rad. That is August 11th, Wednesday night at the Jack Pine Gypsy. Fucking, I don't know what they call their spot. August 28th and 29th is Born Free in Silverado, California. Built Wells People's Champ voting starts August 23rd through the 27th. Make sure you get on there and vote for our boar, Cliff, California. Dude, can't wait. Can't wait, man. September 11th is Full Tilt Boogie. Nordic Brewing Co. in Monticello, Minnesota. Chopper Vans. Bands and beer. September 18th is the Junction City Chopper Show in Ogden, Utah. This will be Ogden's first vintage chopper show. Now we got, uh, oh, yeah, October 3rd is the Southern Throwdown. It will be happening at Yellow Rose Canyon, the new event center. The Dallas Boys Acquired, Oliver Peck, will be throwing. I mean, this is what he does in the – The Lucky Seven Boys of Dallas, they've been doing this Southern Throwdown event for years now, and it's a fucking great chopper show. And they're taking it to this new event center, Yellow Rose Canyon. They did their first event last week, and it looked like it was a hit. The place looks fucking sick, and I cannot wait for this show. Come to Texas October 3rd. October 8th and 9th, there is a new event happening in Virginia City. That is in Nevada. It is going to be a rodeo and motorcycle show, like with real fucking horses and real bulls. You will be able to ride a. Bu- You'll be able to ride your chopper there, and fucking ride a bull in the arena. They even talked about possibly lining up horses and choppers to do barrel races against each other. That sounds fucking sick, right, Brobeck? Uh, hit me up, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, telling me about this crazy idea. And I was like, this is this is fucking great idea. You should definitely do this. And uh, I guess he went to an event with Josh Sheehan, or that Josh Sheehan did. And him and Josh Sheehan have teamed up to put on a fucking motorcycle rodeo. It's going to be sick. The Virginia City Roundup is what they're calling it. Follow Chopper's Mag on the gram for more details. And then you got October 16th is Rat Rod Tober at Tufts Brewery in McKinney, Texas. And November 11th, Fuel Cleveland in Cleveland, Ohio, presented by Gas Box, Forever the Chaos Life, and Lowbrow Customs. Speaking of Lowbrow Customs, we are going to give away a prize pack, a $100 gift card to Lowbrow Customs. And um, it's going to go to one of my lucky patrons. Are you a patron? You should go to DangerDanceTalkShop.com and sign up now. That's right. There's a Patreon link at the top of the page. You go there for 5 bucks a month. You donate it to keep the show on the road. I keep putting gas in my chopper, the Side-by-Side, the Pan-America. I got a big trip coming up for Sturgis, and I'm pretty stoked about it. I'm uh, going to take the Colorado BDR, back road, discovery route. The map just showed up yesterday, Butler Maps, and it's fucking, this is like, it's pretty fucking cool. This map like lays it all out there. It's uh, it's interesting how we're going to do this. My buddy, Rand, me and Randall are going to take our Panamericas from four corners all the way up to Wyoming on hopefully all dirt roads. I think we crossed like 20 something passes over six days. I'm pretty fucking stoked. Dallas HD got my bike tuned up, new pipe, new tires. Uh, Me and Moose and Moosecraft straightened out what we could from the truck incident. My brother Joe is bringing my Pan America up here today. And, uh, yeah, I'll be riding that to Ratone tomorrow. Damn, Raton is tomorrow. That's sick. Um, Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to give away some shit. So, let's see here. Lowbrowcustoms.com. You know how you can win? I already told you how you can win, dude. You know this whole winning, giving back to patrons was all started by my good buddy Nick Huff of Knives Made by Nick. And he's just a bad motherfucker, an inspiration. And if you need a tool on your belt, you need to hit up Knives Made by Nick. We gave away like fucking 36 knives or something over the past couple years. We've given away a lot of knives. Nick's a bad motherfucker. All right, $100 gift card to lowbrowcustoms.com goes to one. Sixty. I was wondering if this was even going to work up here 160 is Jared Conyers Jared Conyers Let's see, did I have the Oh, I don't have any address from him I got an email, i hit him up I don't know where you're from, Jared But thank you for contributing to the show Lowbrow Customs will be sending you $100 gift card. Can't wait to see what you get with that $100 gift card. Shoot me a picture. Let me know what you do. There's a lot of options, man. I don't know what you ride, but you'll be able to find something for it at Lowbrow Customs. Thank you, Tyler, and the rest of the Lowbrow Customs crew. Uh, Just like that, just like we gave away that $100 gift card, I'm going to give away a shovelhead motor at the end of the year, built by Boston, Billy, and Jason over at B&B Racing. That's right. They sent me video of it running this week. And, dude, it's fucking sick. It's real sick. I had to call him up and tell him that my shovelhead wasn't going to be running until he put his hands on it. That's right, because, you know, I told you last week, had some kind of pulley situation while I went to J.P. Rodman's shop. And, uh, he had a pulley I was going to use and I went to take mine off and I busted the nut loose. And then all of a sudden I start playing with it. Well, the fucking shaft is moving in the motor. Now, I don't know if I like, if this was just like what happens when you break a motor in without oil or if I did something when I put on the, this new inch and a half belt drive setup, or or a combination of everything. So, you know, the motor did me right this year. I went to Mexico, I went to fucking Daytona. I think just those two trips alone I was pushing 6 6,000 miles with all the I fuck, I don't know. With the Idaho trip, I last time I added up I was around 10,000 miles, which I know It could have gone a lot longer If I would have just fucking put oil in it Before I rode it to the gas station And went to my buddy's house And did a photo shoot in the driveway I did a fucking burnout With no oil in this motor And it still lasted 10,000 miles I, uh You know Billy (laughs) I had to prep when I told him what was going on I was like, hey Billy, just for the record I know Th- like, I'm not trying to blame you. I am just want to let you know that the shaft's moving. Um, and he was like, yeah, well, you're an idiot. Just bring it to me. We'll take care of it. So anyhow, I'm going to go down there when I get back from Sturgis, take my motor, pick up the shovel head. I'm not even going to run it, guys, because I don't – I'm just going to give it away like it is. So make sure you go to Danger Dance Talk Shop, sign up to win. I'm going to give away a custom tank painted by Chemical Candy Customs, Mechanical Randy. Uh, It's going to be sick, too. So just go sign up. Check out those folks. Let's get into today's show with Zachary. I wish I'd asked him what the fuck Bean Judge is. Maybe he just likes beans. Bean Judge. I mean, he is from South Texas right there on the border. That could be some kind of derogatory slang. Maybe he just likes beans. I don't know. Let's
2: get into Gosh, it. No. Come on. You do a lot of singing. I do, but it's like when you—I don't like when you're uh, when you're checking everything. Like Michael, like sing a song or some shit, and I'm like. I don't want to sing, like, I can't sing just a, a song, like, it's. I just feel dumb. so By I, yourself? I just, yeah, so well, I'm everyone, just like, hey. check, 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 one, two, one, hey, one, two, you know, do that whole fucking thing. Do you guys have, a, like,
0: a sound guy that travels with you?
2: We got a guy, but he doesn't do front of house, he just does, uh, like, monitors and shit like that, he runs all our lines, because we do in-ear monitors, so he does all that bullshit. God, so, that's good, it, surely that's, like, a
0: real consistent setup. Or does it? I mean, it's pretty. Seems like with it in the ear? It's like, yeah, this guy wants it here. This guy wants it here. He wants these levels, which is probably really important to have a consistent guy there. That's like,
2: yeah, I know exactly
0: what they want. I can communicate with them really good on stage.
2: That's the that's the good thing about the doing in ears. Is they're just like every night. It's pretty much the same. Aside from like if the drums is, uh, you know, how much drums are like getting out versus. If it's like a small, like if you were in this corner, the drums are going straight into the microphones and shit. So there's that difference, you know, so just... Yeah, the drums are tough from venue to venue. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much the only thing that's, that's always going to change. So just how much of the drums are picking up in the other microphones.
0: Or just so. how much you can hear on stage. Yeah, that's you true. Know, some stages where they're real
2: big, it's like they just dissipate themselves. Yeah, Yeah, you uh, can't hear any of that shit.
0: Yeah, it's pretty wild. And uh I mean you guys are playing on all sorts of stages. Like
2: we go from the smallest little bullshit stages to you know, festival yeah. big festival stuff. Uh yeah, I mean it's we, we run that kind of in between of like we're still in the bars sometimes, sometimes we're you know, doing big big shows and stuff. It's it's pretty rad. So
0: it is rad. You so. get a little bit of both, <laughs> yeah, like it's not consistent either way. Yeah. So, Makes it a little bit challenging. It is, it What's is. What's your favorite to do right now?
2: Man, I feel like trashy bars are still my favorite, man. Yeah. Like good little little bar venue places, man. Like they you just get more uh for the most part, like you just get more like energy and if the crowd, you know, obviously they're always gonna be drinking more in the bars. They're going to be fucking getting rowdy. They're all right there. It's just, I don't know. It's something about it. It's like, can beat it. Yeah. There's like a
0: sweet spot. It seems like a lot of the sweet spot, or what I consider the sweet spot, those venues are not even, they're not as many out there. Mm-mm. Like like the horseman-sized clubs, yeah. where it's just big enough to get like a really rowdy crowd, yeah. Yeah. but not too big to like, not like Billy Bob's big. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. Dude, it's I mean, there is there a venue like the Horseman around here right now anymore? I guess Andy or not Andy's. What's the other one up in Denton? That's a pretty good sized bar, but not huge.
2: Dan's is the only one I played in Denton. Dan Silverleaf. Uh, but that's more like a smaller listening. Yeah, room Yeah, no.
0: There's thing. another spot up there, like rodeo something.
2: Rockin' Rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> We played there a few, it's been years now, but we played there a handful of times. That
0: was a, that's a good size yeah. bar,
2: isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty damn, pretty big, actually. Uh, yeah,
0: but not, like, huge. Yeah.
2: It's just a yeah. big bar. It's in between, yeah. I those mean, those
0: uh, are the sizes I always like.
2: Yeah, but you got to draw those, you got to draw that, you know? Oh, You yeah. got to draw enough people to, to bring to bring it out to those places, and it's like, you know, who knows what the cap at a rock and rodeo up there would be, um. Uh, I have no clue, man. And I mean, you know, over, over a thousand, I guess. Is it that big? I think so. I would think so because I've been in smaller venues where they're like the cap is like eight hundred, and it's like there's no way eight hundred people. You know, you wouldn't want to be here with eight hundred other people. <laughs> <Yeah. And> like, <laughs> so. It's, uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. Other people can gauge that shit better because I don't get the numbers all the time. No one ever tells me shit. I'm, well, just,
0: yeah, you yeah. just kick the things <laughs> with the things, man.
2: Yeah. I don't have to really worry about it too much, so.
0: And you guys are back at full swing now. Yeah. Post-COVID. Yeah. Mm. Are you noticing, like, people are just stoked to get out oh, and hear yeah, it? yeah, man. How were the first gigs?
2: The first gigs, like, one of the first gigs we did was, like, Billy Bob's, man. I don't know why. It was one of the first ones. And it's more like us. Like, everyone was stoked. All the crowd was badass. It's just we just have to get in our groove, man. Yeah. We went a whole year playing together a handful of times, whereas normally we play, I mean, shit. We're on the road, you know, over 200 days a year, you know, like playing who knows how many damn shows. And we just like didn't do it last year. And then when you put us at home, we don't really fuck around too much. We don't fuck with the music as much. So yeah. we, we record an album, but we didn't, you know, I don't practice really, man. <laughs> well, am <laughs> you, know, you get, shit. You know,
0: well, <laughs> practice is just different once you get to that point. Like yeah. you're probably
2: playing stuff. We, like, we practice stuff in sound check. When we're going to do new songs, we, we were like, okay, sound check. I mean, this, this, time I, this time around, I did have to like, I did go over some shit. But uh, just by myself, just like, okay, I ran through it a couple of times, that should be good. And uh, we get the sound check and we start doing them at sound check. And then when we get the balls enough, we're like, all right, let's put these new songs in the set. So it's, uh, that's how we've always done it, man. But uh, yeah, it's been, it had been a long time since we decided, you know, we don't need to rehearse anymore or get rehearsal spaces or anything like that. So. How long has that been? Probably since Omar joined the band, two thousand uh shit, end of two thousand seventeen, I think. Right before we released Sake Night at the Prairie Rose, Omar joined the band, our bass player, and uh we rehearsed with him. Like we did like a couple, maybe a couple of rehearsals.
0: Was he part of the recording or did he come in? No,
2: he came in right after right when right before we released it. Yeah. So he wasn't part of the recording, but he he toured it. So and that was like that was kind of a breaking point for us, you know. Uh, you know, we we moved up. Was that good. like a label you recorded with, or was that still? Still, everything's still just us. I mean, it's it's like Mike's. He calls it. I guess it's Prairie Rose, something. Prairie Rose. Uh, I, you don't, don't I, mean, I don't even know your label. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, man. It says it on the records, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's the last band that I was like really stoked about—that's uh, what I was. That's what I did. I was like, I'm fucking. You know, we're not gonna. We're not trying to dick around with a record label. I just came up with a name, like, just so we could put it on there to look official. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. that's what you do, man. Home records, you know, yeah. like. You don't have to, you know. Dude, everything's changed so
0: much in the whole industry. It's, like, yeah. in
2: the past fifteen years especially. It's insane, man. I don't, I don't even know. Like, I'm, I'm just like, Mike's done us, gotten us this far so far. So I'm like, he, you know,
0: call me, but let me know what the schedule is. I,
2: yeah. I'm like, dude, because all this, you know, we've had certain little offers from like, I don't even know if they're record labels or like, you know, there's little, like, uh, there's, there's only a handful that I can even remember. Like there's like new West or something like that. And then there's like a couple other like probably
0: more like promo agencies,
2: pretty much. But they, they, uh, they'll pay for you to record or some shit. But it's really just they're just giving you a loan, man. Like that's all it is. And then you get their name and a little bit of, uh, you know, yeah. a little just bit like
0: of, a stamp of approval. Yeah,
2: like hey, we say these guys are good enough. Exactly, which
0: exactly. may help for booking if you know if you're not. Yeah. Hustling like Mike mm-hmm. is apparently.
2: Well, we got a we got a booking agent that's pretty badass too. Wait, like, and you the say loan.
0: loan, like that's how it was before, anyways. They just didn't. Yeah, that's true. You know true. they're like, yeah, hey, we're gonna give you a million dollars. Yeah.
2: I mean, you got to pay us back. Yeah, they get they get they get all these rights to your music and shit for a certain amount of time until you pay it off. Yeah, I don't even know, but I just know that we're kind of like, what's the fucking point, man? Like, you know, let's just keep on. Hustling. Keep trying, man. And yeah. luckily, you know, over the years, we've, we've had friends and stuff that have given us money or bought us this or that or helped us here or there. And that's, that was like enough to, to give us a push that we needed, you know, to, to be able to make like a, you know, make a badass record or something, you know, or make, you know, get, have better production on a record.
0: Hey, pull so. your pigtail off that microphone. I don't know if it's doing anything, but just in case. Oh, yeah, there you go. Tuck it back. <laughs> Tuck it back. So when did you start playing Strings?
2: Uh, I started playing, I mean, I've been playing guitar since I was 15, and then I started playing steel uh, in 2000, very beginning of 2010. So, uh, just basically to get into the Moon Pies. How long was that, 15 to 2010? 15 was... uh, I don't know how
0: old you are, so I can't...
2: I'm 37. That doesn't even... That doesn't help me me either. I'm like, uh, (laughs) I started playing guitar in like, I don't know, uh, 1998. I okay. Guess. Yeah. Something like that. So yeah. So you years. had a few years under your belt yeah. mastering the guitar. But I didn't master the guitar at all. Not <laughs> fucking at all, dude. It's no. uh I I could just play chords and shit. All I did was just fucking rhythm guitar, man. Like I was never like a lead I could never play lead shit. And uh
0: Damn, so you tell me I might be able to learn the steel guitar.
2: Fuck yeah, man. Because That's
0: all I know is chords of the guitar. Yeah, hey, that's
2: all I know, man. And cool. I've you know that's that's what I did, and that's what I liked to do. And then I just was like, "Shit, steel guitar might be, you know, something that that might be able to make me a little bit of money down the road or something." Yeah, I mean, it's on it. Yeah, it's a little bit more valuable than a lead guess, guitar player yeah. because there's a lot of lead guitar players. Yeah, there's a shitload of them. So that's why I never learned. I'm like, there's too many of them, son bitches. <laughs> mm. But since I've been playing steel, I can play like. I got a little more knowledge, you know, like just music theory and shit. So I could play a little bit of lead guitar, but nothing crazy.
0: So. Uh, what about, it's like learning the steel. Did you find somebody to teach you anything? Like, did you have a mentor along the ways?
2: The only person that was like a mentor probably was my buddy uh, Burton Lee, who he used to play in the Moon Pies also way back in the day. And... Um, he used to play with 1100 Springs, a shitload of bands. He's still he's still running around playing steel. Yeah, he's here. a young cat, right? Nah, he's older than me, but I mean he's still one of the younger guys. You yeah. Know? He's not. Yeah, I mean he's not. As far as steel playing. Yeah. If yeah. Not,
0: dude, you're a young guy on <laughs> steel. Far, I mean, yeah. man, I'm aware of.
2: <laughs> uh, so he just bait, but all he really did is he was like, I was like, hey man, I'm gonna learn this, or right, I got a steel, blah blah blah. He was like, all right, badass. Here's how you play, like. Um, so just so the basic theory, one, four, five, here's your chords, here's how you do it with the pedals, and there you go. And I was like, all right, so that's all I needed, you know. Uh, and then I just basically sat in my fucking trailer every day before and after work, uh, just playing through my my like iTunes on my computer, just playing along with like everything, specifically, mostly Moon pie stuff. Because that was the band I was trying to be. Really, that was man, the goal from the get go. That was the goal, man. Yeah. No
0: was, way. Yeah. How did you know about the guys?
2: Man, we we had been knowing them for a few years already, uh, leading up to 2010, and we hung out with those guys all the time. And because uh, I had another band called the Doolins, and it was just trashy, kind of bluegrass, kind of, I don't know. The Doolins. The Doolins, yeah. Just you there in Austin. Guitar? I just played guitar and sang. Uh, my, our, our guitar player now, Catlin, he he played guitar in that band, and then I had a, my other buddy, a couple other buddies, an upright bass player, drummer, and a, a guy playing mandolin. So, uh, yeah, we we ran around we ran around playing shows with the Moon pies all the time, and then when we had like an out like an out of town gig, like like New Braunfels or some shit, like Mike. Would come and like sit in with us. Like he would play gigs with us. That way we had more songs we could play. Those like four-hour sets. And then uh, whenever Mike and the guys would go play shows out of out of town, like me, I would go play with them. Me and Catlin. Catlin started playing with them regularly. I would. Go, I would go.
0: are really recording in a <laughs> <laughs> so you've been getting you've been knowing the guys for yeah. a minute. yeah and, and then, they needed a lead they needed
2: a steel player did yeah. they have one or they had a couple that had burton for a while and then they had our other buddy steve-o steve-o was the last one i can remember that was in the band before me and then he moved to boston or something like that so uh that was kind of my end i was like shit they need a steel player. Like Yeah. A consistent like surely order. I can do this, right? Like I can I can uh and that's because they were playing like maybe one or two gigs a month or it was it was like there was one or two gigs a month where they were making like money, like making like five hundred dollars or something, you know, mm-hmm. like playing out of out of town. And uh it was basically just playing as many fucking gigs in Austin as you could. To, uh, what a tough place
0: to fucking get going, though. I mean, I guess there's a lot of places to play, but like to make money at yeah. it from
2: the get go. But it, it's a good place to to start the band, you know, and to have all these players kind of at your uh, yeah, true whatever you, disposal. disposal yeah. And uh, but then you know eventually you got to kind of just be like fuck it, we're getting out of here because we got to go make money, you know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so they but they were making like like I said, they were barely making. Anything but I was like, they got gigs, you know, out of town, so I was like, I need to get in that band, which I love. What drew music. you in the, the like the energy, the music, was this songwriting? What was Yeah, it? everything, man? The song, the songs, man. I used to jam, like, my roommate had brought home it was like during South by kind of times and uh, probably 2007. And uh, my buddy or, or my roommate Howdy brought home a CD of theirs. He was like, yeah, we play with this band, dude. They were fucking wasted uh, playing there at Sam's Town Point. They were fucking wasted, man. But the lead singer was like playing like a, uh, uh, like a white, like SG or something like that, you know, like just in their a a country rock band, They country band, but they were just like, tr- like, just, you know, that, that attitude of not giving a fuck and just being like, whatever. So uh I I started listening to their their uh, the the very first like CD that they had and I was I loved it man and I was like fuck yeah. And then eventually uh you know, we start seeing them at some of the shows we were doing and then you know, we we hit it off and started hanging out. So uh yeah, I love I loved everything about it man, plus I'm, You
0: must have to learn the steel guitar cuz that is a lot.
2: Yeah, I mean Yeah, I mean, I guess... I mean, that also
0: shows, like, the team player aspect that you have. Like, oh, you guys need this? I'll figure it out.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean... That's how I
0: learned how to play the guitar.
2: It's, I mean... Yeah, I don't know. I just, I never really thought about, you know, just... It worked out. Like, I lucked out. I, I always say, like, I lucked out that I have the... Whatever the fuck brain it is that makes me able to understand, like, enough of this shit... To make it work, so it it just I got lucky that that was. That what was did Mike it was. say
0: when you told him you're like I got a steel guitar, I'm gonna learn how to play it? Or did you say anything to him? You just like practice for a while? I think before- I just
2: practiced for a while until I grew the balls to be like, hey, like you know, I could probably play. Like I remember the, I feel like the first gig I played was like downtown in Austin, like during South by some like fucking pirate bar on dirty six there's some shit (laughs) like and i just kind of sat in the back kind of like all right i'm gonna try this but they wouldn't have me on like the bigger shows you know that they were doing already the the bigger south by shows or whatever yeah they were still shit shows but (laughs) yeah they were i don't know man I, i don't remember like Exactly when it, it was like, I think I just kind of weaseled my way into where they were like, well, I guess we got to have them now, you know? Like, <laughs> nobody else. I don't is remember. Up. Yeah, I don't <laughs> be, ever remember them being like, okay, you're like in the band. It just happened that way. So, just.
0: And that was 2010.
2: That was 2010, yeah. Yeah. You must be doing something right. I guess so, man. <laughs> we have a pretty damn good time, so.
0: How many albums have you done with them since then?
2: Let's see, so uh, when I joined, it was kinda, it was that same thing where they had already had an album recorded, and then I basically started in the band when they released it, so let's see, The Real Country, but then, The Hard Way, Mockingbird, there's an EP in there somewhere, like a little bullshit EP, Uh, Steak Night, Uh, there's a live record and then there's where'd you guys do the live Uh we did the Windstar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't know that anybody did a live at Windstar. I mean,
2: yeah, well we we did. Yeah. No one else would would ever fucking dare do that bullshit, man. It's the most ridiculous thing. Like, yeah, we just I don't know why the fuck we did it there. I guess cause we go because we go there and we play on the weekends and we do Friday and Saturday night. So we were like, okay, well, look, we get there early. Uh, we get our buddy Adam to, uh, set up like his recording shit and we got two shots. We got two shows to like get what we need. Yeah. So we did, you know, we did Friday and Saturday and then we, that was enough to, how's the
0: crowd at WinStar?
2: It's trash.
0: Is it? I mean,
2: I say that we got friends and stuff that come to all the shows up there, but, uh, other than like our friends and people that are there, like it's kind of just people like wander up, watch for a little while and then they, they go on their way or whatever. So I went to one show
0: and it was, you know, I always imagined that a casino show would be like, like in the room with all the machines where you're like in the corner playing to everybody.
2: Yeah. Is that that how how it started? That's how it started. There's like a palladium like sports club or whatever there. In uh, what I don't know where it's at, Rome or it or whatever the fuck. You know, there's all the different parts of. Oh yeah, the one (laughs) that stretches along the highway. Yeah. (laughs) There's one. There's the. It's like a sports bar, the Palladium Club, and we did that. That's where we recorded that. We we played there all the damn time, and it's like it's right there. Like it's just a little stage um, off to the side, and there's machines. Like you know, everything is right there, and we did that for a long time until they finally. moved us over to this like like uh I don't know it's it's a stage like little it's a separate room called Club Mist.
0: Okay. <laughs>
2: and so is this a, the
0: one that I went to that looks like a conference center? Yeah. yeah it's like gray walls and yeah, something. Yeah. That's gotta
2: be the one. Yeah. Unless unless you were in the big room the in the middle of the casino, there's like the big like, this was a big room. I mean, yeah. It was Tyler Childers and that had to have been the big yeah, that was the big room. I'm no, sure. it
0: wasn't Tyler Childers. It was uh, Sturgill and what's the other guy uh, from the Drive By Truckers? Uh, Jason.
2: Uh, oh, Jason uh, Isabel. Isabel,
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a big room.
2: Yeah, that's the big one.
0: I mean, it was just big gray walls. I remember it being just like yeah, yeah.
2: The Were they, they going to yeah, talk to us today? <laughs> yeah, and then there's like some bleachers in the back like that they have back there. We've been to a couple shows. They give us tickets when we play there, but we saw – actually, we saw Jason Isbell there one time, but it, it wasn't with uh, – Sturgill. Sturgill. It was uh, some, someone else. I can't remember. It,
0: and it, it was so difficult for me because I saw Sturgill at fucking Club Dada. Yeah. That first time yeah. he came through, like, where he played, like, two shows in the same night. The place was, yeah, you know.
2: That's a lot better vibe. A cl- little than,
0: smaller yeah. club, man. It was yeah. cool. But, yeah, I mean, that was, okay, where you're talking about playing, like, a club right next to the casinos, it seems like a better vibe there than yeah. where I was at. We
2: did good at the Palladium Club. Like, we had just started getting to where it was, like, getting really good, and then they moved us over to this other thing. And it's kind of like, you know, you have to kind of find it yeah. You know, there's like a door here. You go through, and you're like, you're going to the to the bathroom, and then they're like, oh shit, there's a band in there playing. So <laughs> just go watch. But it's the same thing. Like no one ever sticks around. They're not there to watch music. They're there, you know, unless they yeah. go to a show. They're mostly there to fucking gamble. And uh-huh. you know, it's it is what it is. It if paid if they good. lose
0: all their money, they might come. They in might come by. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sulk and the sounds. Yeah. Mike and the Moonfives. <laughs> yeah. Just play some like. Just slow. So you guys have recorded a lot of albums in the past ten years. Yeah. You were on like your second hand over Yeah, the I was couch. over here
2: like I think we probably have like seven or seven or eight now.
0: Were you recording all different places or you got like a spot you guys like the most?
2: We uh we had done a few different places to start off. Like we started here at one place in Austin, a uh, big orange. Is it big orange? Yeah, and then we done we did one at Cedar Creek there in Austin, which is like pretty uh historic kind of place. Cedar
0: Um, Creek, is that where the school is?
2: uh, Recording school in that Cedar Creek? I don't know. Where Sublime recorded? I'm not too sure, man. Sublime, I I don't know. There's a lot, they have a lot of, they've got a shitload of records that they've done that have been done at Cedar Creek, especially like a bunch of the, uh, I think a bunch of like the old like Texas stuff and then. uh, Yeah, probably a different spot. Yeah, I think so. I could be wrong. Like I said, I don't know. Uh, but it's, it was a cool spot and like Mike used to live like right next to that, that uh, like his house was like right next to the gate that went to Cedar Creek. So, you know, we, we used to park our van there and uh, all kinds of shit, but we, we were there a lot and we recorded one record there. And then uh, after that, we, uh, we ended up at Yellow Dog in Wimberley, Yellow Dog Studios in Wimberley with our buddy Adam, who we met him and he, he recorded the live record and then after the live record, we recorded. Uh, we went to with him to Yellow Dog and we did steak night. And so after steak night, we were like, well, shit, we got a good thing here in Wimberley. So let's keep recording here. So, yeah, you know, what a
0: great spot too, yeah. to like get outside
2: the city Dude, a little bit. It's a good spot. The river's right there. You look out the window. Uh, that's just, fucking yeah. cool. So we pretty much, I mean, yeah, that's they're, they're kind of like. Work like part of their little family there now, and they've always been badass to us. So we recorded the last everything we have recorded since then. You know, we recorded at Yellow Dog. So, so this new album, that's where it was recorded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When yeah. did you guys do that? The one, uh, the one that's about to come out. Man, we did that. We started on that last. Uh, shit, I mean, we started on it like right at co- right at COVID, I guess, right when COVID was happening. Did you already plan
0: to do it at that point, or was nah. it like, oh, we can't tour, <clears throat> let's go do an album?
2: We, I mean, we we finished the Gary Stewart record that we that we released last year. We finished that in at home during COVID, like we all recorded from home, and no way, yeah, yeah, I, a lot of that stuff like we recorded all from home, so uh, we did that, and then. Right after that, like, we started, Mike started sending us uh, demos and stuff of these new songs, and uh, we spent a little, we spent a few different, you know, once we were able to get up there, everyone was able to go to the studio, we were like, all right, well, let's do it, you know. We went up there, recorded some videos and stuff for, uh, you know, live video recording things to to release for people. Yeah, Yeah, just during COVID, we didn't have shit else going on. Yeah, like
0: the live video feeds. Yeah,
2: and then... Uh, did you guys
0: get good feedback with those? Yeah, yeah.
2: We only did one, we 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 did some recordings and then, cause we have a, uh, what is it? Like a Patreon, we have a Patreon thing. And uh, I don't even know if it's still, if we're still like, you know, doing anything on, putting anything on that or what, but it, you know, it came it came in handy for during COVID and now we're back to regular business, but uh, we- That, that we, is my <laughs> regular
0: business. Patreon. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, we. I. I mean, I feel like there's there's something there, but I guess it's just like we're so busy like dicking around with all our other bullshit and playing shows and doing this that it's like in our off time it's like, man, like there's not really. We post some like live recordings and stuff and you know little things like that, but man, we're just like we get start to get busy and we're just like okay when we're not on the road we're like like
0: peace out fucker yeah I'm going <laughs> real, to ride my bike dude. Yeah, yeah
2: so. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we did it. Uh,
0: so COVID happened. You guys
2: finished the Gary yeah, Stewart album. We started.
0: And ha- so how does the process work? Mike writes the songs. Yeah, pretty much. And they send you like a recording of him, acoustic yeah. and vocals.
2: Mm-hmm. And he'll send like, he'll send that stuff. He'll kind of like send, uh, and like, this is the first time we did it this way. Where I was we, gonna say,
0: did this change because of COVID? Yeah, it was, it we, we
2: were working from home a little bit, but it, it was basically like, okay, here's these songs, like work on the changes and stuff. And then we went in the studio, recorded demos, and then took those demos home and started working on like steel guitar, lead guitar. We do so Separately. much. Separately. Yeah,
0: yeah. And this is different than what you guys did in the past. <clears throat>
2: yeah, usually we went in the studio and we did it all there. And uh, there was never really any, uh, aside from like, if we, you know, we did everything in the studio. We never recorded anything from home, except for Mike. Like Mike, uh, when he's at home, if he has an idea or something that he thinks he wants, you know, he'll send me guitar parts and be like, here, like, I'm thinking maybe like this, I'll learn it, you know, or, you know, figure it out on steel, play it, and then we'll kind of work things out like that. So, uh, yeah, it, uh, it, we did a lot a lot of that last year like going back and forth recording shit coming back home working on stuff going back to the studio recording more stuff changing this changing that like we went i i mean i feel like we spent a lot of time in the studio last year and then even even this year we were in the studio like even into into 2021 we were like uh we were still recording like just like he he had like another song you know and Uh, Did you like this process better
0: than the past experiences, or?
2: Yeah, I think. I mean, kind of. It's a little more. uh, I don't know. I I mean, I guess it was. I had a lot of time to like to work on shit, and it's like I felt like a lot of stuff stuck, like stuff that I was like, hey, maybe like we can do like like my parts and things, you know. Whereas normally it's a little more of a. equal effort you know between me and Catlin our guitar player and and Mike just coming up with all these parts and because we we do things a certain way there's a lot of twin guitar parts and stuff so uh I felt like I got to have like a lot more like, I got to work on it a lot more and a lot more input I guess you could say you know yeah, you,
0: the time you you were able to use your time effectively yeah. to come up with some yeah. cool stuff so. You riding around in your chopper? does that shit go through your head like maybe I should try this tonight or
2: Yeah, actually, I mean, it's just there's there's just like something that I don't know, man, because I'm a weird kind of player where when we're in the studio, I'm kind of like uh, when something just comes out, I'm just like, all right, like I'm not like I'm not the kind of guy that can keep keep sitting there and like doing take after take after take and trying to trying to build something. Whereas, like, I'm kind of like I like to get in there and then whatever the fuck comes out, man, like that's what you're pretty much getting. Unless I just have to tweak it ever so slightly just to get a good take.
1: Yeah,
0: because like, you
2: did something you liked. Yeah.
0: Like, oh, I can make that better. Yeah, yeah. Knowing that that's what's going to come out. Yeah. There's yeah, no. I was, it was always tough for me. The way I played the drums, it, you know, is whatever came out. And it just, it always depended on the energy that I was getting. You know, like whether it be from the musicians I'm playing with or the crowd and the musicians.
2: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a big... That's a big thing. Yeah.
0: So, like, I, was, I never really ever played the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Period, you know? Which that, wasn't convenient for everybody else around me when they're like, all right, when he does that one fill, it's like, well, fuck. You guys, <laughs> you guys weren't giving me the energy to get that fill yeah, that time, yeah. you know? like,
2: <laughs> Y'all got lucky that other night when, mm-hmm. I, when I brought that down. So yeah. Really, I got lucky that
0: you guys gave me what I needed to yeah. get that
2: out. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of that. If there, if there's a, if we're playing a show and a crowd is trash, like, and just not, not giving us anything back, it's just like, like, it's just like I'm dead in the water. I'm just like, I don't even want to do this. Like if no one gives a fuck, like why am I even doing it? Like rarely is there a a time when we have like, you know, there's, there's a, there's a crowd rarely anymore, but uh, you know, used to almost be like if we had a dead crowd or if we didn't have a very big crowd at all, just like, Barely anybody there. We almost played for ourselves, and we could we could still have a good show. But now it's like, dude, I need it, man. Like, I need this. Once you've gotten it, you know, you've gotten
0: the taste of it. Yeah, it's hard to not have it. Yeah, man,
2: it's it's uh that's a big thing. So yeah, I'm always whenever I'm recording too. Like whenever I'm doing solos and shit, I'm like, oh, the guys are gonna like that. Like, so then I have you know I have that with them also where they're like, yes. That solo stays, like whenever, like last year when we are working on some of this shit, I was like, dude, I got a good solo on these two songs. Like, I think it's gonna be, and then like, it's okay. So once I get the good solo, then I'm like, okay, now we can go, we can go from there. Cause I feel like relief, you know? Like Once
0: it's laid down, yeah, recorded.
2: Yeah, it's like, all right. I mean, once I, once I have it, you know, once I have it in the, in the pocket.
0: So when you were listening, learning when you are teaching yourself and you're playing to them, was there who? What other influences were you listening to to like get a style from, or like? Dude, or did uh, you already have it? Was it, there just sounds that we? You
2: I heard? mean, most probably most just stuff that we we covered back in the day, man. So it was like, of course, a bunch of like George Strait stuff, um, like a lot of the steel guitar from that, you know, George Strait and like Clint Black, Mark that like all these guys that we used to cover a lot of, like the steel guitar stuff from all that's that's like. Pretty much my favorite, but we were also jamming like a bunch of other stuff. Like, of course, Marshall Tucker Band, uh, there the steel guitar and, and the songs that we used to cover are theirs. And then uh, I used to jam a lot of uh, uh, Pure Prairie League for some reason back in the day, because yeah. they got like their early records have a shitload of steel guitar, and it's just like badass, crazy, weird uh, steel guitar, and you know, Burrito Brothers and stuff like that. It's kind of like uh, everyone. Every steel guitar player, I feel like always goes down that hole of like Sneaky Pete. Uh, uh, What's uh, the other band? Um, New Riders of the Purple Sage. Like, I forget the steel player that played with them. I mean, I think Jerry Garcia played with them a little bit, but there was another guy.
0: Did you ever hear that Jerry Garcia album, Old and In the Way? Uh Uh-uh. The bluegrass band he had? I don't think so. Yeah, Old and In the Way. Later later years. Yeah, new riders of the purple sage. But it sounded like a lot of 90s fucking dance country. Yeah, yeah, pretty
2: much, Which is good for
0: the (laughs) dance halls or fucking the bars. Especially back in then because, you know, it seemed like at that point there was so much like Texas country out there. Yeah. Like everybody was doing the like it had gotten the red dirt name. Everybody was like, I'm gonna have a. Texas country band and
2: yeah we we thought man we were like dude we're kind of doing this kind of like throwback thing like I think people are gonna really fucking dig it and yeah it, I mean some people did but we it took it's taken us a long ass time to get to get it traction man like we did not pop off like we thought we would it's been the story of <laughs> my life too. <laughs> it's like oh shit all right it's uh, you know, we got a big... There was a couple guys that got yeah. at that show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just the way it went, man. Like, I don't know. No no one really... We were trying to do this. I mean, it's it's doing good now. Like, there's a lot of bands that are doing, you know, like, ever since... Of course, ever since, like, Midland, like, you know, came out, like, of course, all these bands are... What did
0: you think of Midland? That was difficult for me to yeah, stomach.
2: It's, it's, it's not my... Uh, I mean... It's not my uh, my favorite thing in the world, I guess you could yeah. say. Just because, and it's only for this reason, just because I'm an asshole, and we we like worked our asses off, and uh, you know, like we worked our fucking asses off. And those
0: guys just show up with fucking show up with money and fucking and, money and fucking abs and doing shit. all the shit that's already been that everybody's <laughs> been hammering on, and building the crowds to enjoy it. And they come in and ride the coattails.
2: I mean, yeah, they, they uh, you know, I mean, I say that, but I don't give a fuck. I mean, yeah, we worked our asses off. And then there's these guys that just come along and kind of, you know, these pretty boys and shit that kind of just like, you know, people are more apt to like, you know, like that shit. So,
0: I honestly thought that something like Midland would have come along sooner than them. We're like the outside forces that be, that have money, would have seen the market in Texas. Because, I mean, it's been 15, 20 years where there's bands that never leave the state and make a good living playing music every weekend. They got, like, Monday through Wednesday off, practically. Like, that's a good... You know, most bands, they got to, like, stay on the road for a month or two at a time.
2: But there's this Texas circuit... If you can do it right, you could be like a weekend, weekend warrior, and just like, you know, and really a fucking warrior. I mean, that's like you're only having to play those
0: dates. Like that's. But no, I would have thought like somebody like Midland would have came in and, you know, ripped the sound off and the idea off with money
2: sooner than them. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've they've always been they've always been cool, you know, to us and shit, you know, but I mean. It's uh, well,
0: they fucking better be cool, (laughs) y'all.
2: It's uh, it it, yeah, it's like hard for me to swallow, too. Hard pill for me to swallow because uh, it's like damn with abs, yeah, they're like (laughs) underwear models and shit, man. (laughs) Fucking underwear models, you know, fucking over in LA, like you you know.
0: Oh, I was telling my dad this, and then he was like, no, no, no. These guys are like they've been they've been hustling for a while playing music and I was like Dad you just read their PR story yeah, You're like yeah. yeah I'm sure that's what it says somewhere <laughs> that's that's the real me, bio actually yeah, <laughs> dude we did all that shit tell me that those that's what these motherfuckers dude. have been doing and he looked into it he was like all right I think yeah, I think yeah. he might be right I'm like no I know I'm right I don't even have to look into it I can see it like with the first video they released that this was contrived yeah.
2: But I mean, I mean that fucking song, that drinking problem. It was song, a good sound, song, like I'm man, telling like, you, like they nailed it. You can't beat it, like I it's. Know. I mean, you can't like deny that that's a fucking badass song. It's like, god damn it, man. Yeah.
0: So, what's the all schedule or like tour schedule been like over the years? You guys do the weekend warrior thing, or have you guys been getting out and doing long stretches? Dude, or? we
2: get out, man. We get out pretty often. We'll run up the up the Midwest. You know, we we'll do we do like a lot of like two week runs instead of like instead of being slow for a while and then going out for a month we we pretty much like we'll do weekends for a little bit you know here in Texas and then like and then we'll have like a two weeks out or three weeks out come back do some weekend stuff keep and but we do it pretty often man like we uh, we stay out I a think lot, that's the
0: move man. man just going in spurts in different yeah. directions because mm-hmm. right here in the middle of the United States you can go it seems like the Midwest and going east, the shows are closer together. Once yeah. you go like west yeah, or it's, northwest, it's like, oh yeah, fuck, yeah. we got a serious drive, <laughs> fellas. <laughs> it's a it's a long <laughs> Just one, to man. get to the
2: next gig. Yeah, we uh we do a lot of Midwest runs, I feel like. Like we'll run up, uh you know, hit like Kansas City. We got a lot of people in Iowa. We got some pretty good stuff going on in like Wisconsin. It's, it's Wisconsin too, but uh to I madison yeah we got a milwaukee show coming up uh we did a uh no that was appleton wisconsin uh we've got a show coming up in in milwaukee uh i want to say is that next month or it's here in august or september we're we're doing a run up there we go out to the wisconsin dells do like three shows there because there's just a badass bar there that we like playing at and We'll do like three shows in a row there, and then go to Milwaukee or something like that. And then, dude, there's this sweet neighborhood gig. I think I might
0: know how to put you guys in the in the right direction. Talk to the right people, but it's like, dude, I went there with a Jeremy Prack. Uh, he's a guy that does Flat Out Friday with Mama Tried, and anyways, he's like a neighborhood man. Like he is big on promoting like community within his neighborhood. You know, like. Hanging out with him, everybody that walks by or drives by like rolls down their window, hey Jeremy, like it was really cool to see like his presence in the neighborhood. Then I got, was there on like a Friday evening or Saturday evening? And you just like go down to this local park and it's like this big amphitheater and you just see everybody walking and riding their bikes and parking their motorcycles in this fucking cul-de-sac and then it's just giant like grass hill. That goes down to a stage with a river behind it or downtown, really cool spot.
2: Damn, where's we, that at? In Milwaukee. Oh, shit.
0: It's a cool. We do a
2: lot of those kind of gigs too. Like there's there's a lot of these like amphitheater places uh, in some of the even in small towns, uh, where they they do like like the uh, I mean that's Arlington but that uh, Levitt, Levitt Pavilion, Pavilion. I mean that's the same thing. It's a free show. Uh, badass amphitheater. Big grassy, uh, you know, deal.
0: Was Lee doing this, or uh, who was doing the sound out there? I don't remember. Uh, Devin, or I can't remember. I recorded one. an album with the guy who does the sound out there. Really wildcat.
2: Yeah, it, it was it was badass. What about
0: have you guys done the one in Tulsa?
2: The the, the, the big park. Yeah, dude, we we did that. Um, we've done it, but it's been it's been a few years. We were there for like the like, I guess it's like. The Woody Guthrie Festival or something like—is that, that the—is that what it is? They had a festival out there, and we the
0: gathering place.
2: Is that what is what, that's it's, what called? it's called?
0: <laughs> like that's the name of the park area. <laughs> it's badass with the giant man. like kids
2: playgrounds yeah. everywhere,
0: dude. That's a cool park. That's we, connected to my grandma's neighborhood. Dude,
2: we we definitely played there, uh, but it's been years and years now. I mean, but we haven't done anything out there. I mean, we've gone into town recently and we played that. Uh, What's the name of the, uh, is it the shrine? Right across the street from uh, Mercury, uh, the Merc, Mercury Lounge. Uh, Oh, that's where I played. Yeah, the Merc, we played the Merc a shitload. What's that
0: guy's name, owns a tattoo shop next door? Oh shit, I don't know. I think he owns the bar
2: too. Yeah, I'm not, I can't remember. That's a cool spot though. Yeah, I love it there. And then there's a bigger venue right across the street, the shrine. Okay. Uh, You guys play Canes? we played Canes once. We did it on a New Year's Eve a couple years ago. Oh, wow. With Culture Wall. Yeah, it was a pretty damn good time. That's
0: a wild spot. Yeah. Buy six packs at the bar. (laughs) I couldn't believe that. I mean, I guess it's a near beer, but just being able to go to the bar and buy a six pack, like, in the rings, I thought that was the coolest shit ever, dude. Everybody's (laughs) walking around, they're just hanging off the belt.
2: So cool. Yeah, we... uh, we I love it out there. Hell, they've had some big
0: bands come through there. Yeah, big acts.
2: Yeah, Keynes is like, I'd love to get one, get a, uh, be able to do a uh, headlining show there one of these days. Hell, it'll happen.
0: It'll happen. So the motorcycle, you get to take it on the road at all? What's the, well, how's the band feel about you riding a motorcycle as much as you do?
2: They're all about it, man. They love it. Oh right? yeah, yeah yeah they're all about it uh i mean I guess I haven't taken it really on the road yet you know like it's it's a big uh that's a big uh big thing to to try to do like to ride it you know everywhere that's yeah a, that's a motherfucker you know so uh I'm like all right, you know maybe one of these one of these days we'll get a run where I can do it but uh uh we uh we had a bus driver, man. We did some bus runs a while back, and he uh, he like brought he had like a he had a couple of Harleys. He had like a dresser and like a fat boy, and he brought that fat boy and like put it in the put it in the trailer and like brought it with us on tour. And so like the bus driver, yeah, man. the bus driver, man. Uh, he brought it with us, and uh, so we were going out to California, and we would like pull over, you know, pull the bike out. And because all our, in a bus trailer, like when you get a bus, the trailer is like fucking huge. And all of our gear takes up like a third of it, maybe. So there's all this extra room in there. So, uh, yeah, we'd bust out the bike and like go cruising. It's pretty badass. So. Well, that's how a lot of the bigger bands have done
0: it over the years. Yeah, they're like, yeah. just throw the bike in the back. When yeah. we got
2: a chance, I'll go ride it. We're, we're, we're doing more bus runs soon, but uh, I don't know if uh, I have this like. CB 750 chopper in, in Stockton, California. Like That's right. So I'm like trying to get that damn thing, and I'm like, man, if we take a bus out there, there's gonna be enough room, and I'm gonna get that motherfucker. I don't care oh, what the and bus if it needs says, to be broken yeah. down to take up less <laughs> yeah, room, we I mean, can do that. I'm like, I'm giving up my yeah. <laughs> bed
0: space for the trip back and sticking my CB in there for if necessary.
2: Real. I'm all about it, uh, so yeah, I mean. I'd like to do a run. Maybe if we had like a little short run, a couple of weeks or something where we could take bikes. Cause Omar, he rides too. So it's, uh, it'd be a couple of us, you know, and Caleb, you know, he, he's with us he now. He would definitely so be in on that. He's on the road with us now doing merchants and, and uh, you know, guitar teching. And I all mean, all if
0: that, it worked so. out, I would love to go do that. Dude. Just fucking follow you guys around. I could do a podcast, fucking oh, yeah. every guy in the band yeah. one morning or something. It'd be cool. Dude, it was so much fun riding my bike and playing music. Like those tours, I'll never, I mean, I hardly remember most of them, <laughs> but, or, you know. Yeah. But just like, you know, showing up to the gig on a bike, and just leaving, like, dude, it was, there was, that was yeah. just irreplaceable. Yeah, I mean that was really the end of our band when when I started doing <laughs> that. Like, I'm like, wait a second.
2: Yeah, we just did that. Like, I, there's been a few shows where we've rode we've rode to the shows. I mean, shit, when we leave South Texas, me and Omar, you know, it's Omar lives in the Valley, I live in Kingsville, so we already have to haul like pretty far just to get to Central Texas. Just to
0: and you leave all your shit up there too, so you don't have to like you got like an at-home rig or
2: I do have an at-home rig that, uh, I do, I use for recording mostly. And, uh, but we leave all our shit in the trailer. So, uh, I could pretty much, yeah, I could show up, but it's like, it's, uh, I just have to put myself in that mindset just to be like, all right, like, I'm just going to do it, you know, hell with it. I, I actually trailered my bike up here, up to Denton this last week because, uh, well, I have my gear with me too. I have my, my recording rig with me and all that. So it's like uh I can bring my steel. If anybody if there's a recording, you know, session pops up I can I can do it. I got my bike, you know, we rode out to me and my girlfriend rode out to the lake the other day, uh, with some friends. Um Ray Roberts, I guess, up there. Like Ray Roberts. Yeah, we rode up there. It was badass. So uh yeah, it's been pretty rad just being able to bring all my crap with me. So, you got a van? <laughs> I just got, I have vans at home, but uh, I got my car. I got my little, like, Volkswagen car, and I got this little 8x4 trailer that I uh, kind of brought back to life from our, Sick. our uh, iron pile back home. Pulled it out. It wasn't rusty enough for me to give a fuck, so I fucking put it, put it together. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so haul the bike, bring all my gear. It's, it's pretty good. So, yeah. But um uh, definitely want to go go make a run one of these days. You know. Probably going to have to start telling Mike like, hey, uh, you know, if there's shows that we if there's like chopper shows that we really want to go to, like I'm like, man, we're going to have to tell him like we need to take the weekend off cuz uh, <laughs> cuz it's like we we work we work every weekend, man. Like we never have a weekend off. So uh it's like getting to the point where I'm like, I know. I was just thinking, I was like, I
0: wonder what he's doing on July 23rd.
2: Yeah, We're working. Are, we're working, man. Working every week, man. <laughs> That's good, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. I That's mean, especially making
0: do. up for last year.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I think we, uh, I think we're finally. We, we lucked out. We were able to get like loans and payroll loans and all that bullshit to kind of keep us keep us afloat, and it really it really worked. So. I think we're finally kind of off the, uh, we finally caught up and we're back on, back to normal for the most part, so. Sick. Paying on the fucking van and the trailer and all that shit, so. <laughs> it's, it's a what lot. What kind of
0: van do you guys tour in right now? Dude,
2: we have a Sprinter that we got from another band and it's like all, it's got four bunks in it, four like pretty much full-size bunks. It's a, so it's the big Sprinter. It's the big Sprinter, yeah. Four bunks in the back and then it's got like just like benches in the front, like, and then a little bar, you know, uh, with a refrigerator. That's pretty much TV, Sick. you know, it's got TV in the front. We, we, we ride in comfort for the most part. So it's, it's pretty rad. It's pretty rad, little, little ride, but with I mean, with a trailer
0: that hauls all the mm-hmm. gear.
2: Hell yeah. Yeah, you guys are doing it right. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good ride, man. It's like, it's, it's even got like an awning that comes out. And when you open the door, the sliding door, there's a fucking TV like right there. Like who, I guess who, whoever got this made beforehand was like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have some TVs going off on this damn yeah. thing. So we got a TV right there. But the the weather's not fucking. I mean, it's not really that Conducing. much fun to sit outside yeah. most of the time. So we just keep the AC blasting in that damn thing. But yeah, we get down the road pretty good. I mean, we already blew the transmission on it once. We blew up another fucking sprinter that we were renting or leasing or whatever uh, in Colorado one time going up Vail Pass. See, that died. seems like the move.
0: I never thought about it back when we were doing that, but finding a good lease for a couple hundred bucks, I mean, mm-hmm. they take care of all that other bullshit, right? For the most part. Yeah,
2: if something happens, it's not on you. you yeah, know? I, I think, yeah, they take care of, of all the other stuff. So, but we, I mean, yeah, we just killed that engine. So going up the mountains. Uh
0: you guys do a lot of those winter festivals up there?
2: We do uh we do steamboat usually every year. Um I think uh uh that's pretty much the only one, the only festival I can think of that's like that's like every that's like that we pretty much do every year. Obviously yeah. not last year, but uh What about Durham? I mean do you guys go up there too
0: much during the winter time to play those ski towns? Do they have do they Where at? I mean, in Colorado? Uh, I mean, are there any gigs worth going to besides that one, like, during the wintertime? It just seems like those ski towns fill up with people. Yeah. Like, surely somebody's,
2: like... I don't know, man. ...looking some decent shows. I mean, honestly, we probably wouldn't do it because just doing steamboats a pain in the ass as it is. Is it? Fuck, man. Like, there's always a fucking avalanche or some shit going down. (laughs) Like, oh, there's a fucking avalanche. Like, we can't go down 70. Like... (laughs) So we gotta go. It's just a, It's just sketchy as fuck. Fuck! Like they shut around. down
0: 70 a couple weeks ago for like a
2: landslide or God, something. Dude, I believe it, man. That that highway gets beat. Uh, yeah, we we just. It's such a pain in the ass trying to get up there, and uh, and uh, yeah, it's not worth it. Kind of. It's like, man, we 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 just like we worry about that so much. We fly up there. We've flown up to Steamboat. We've. Uh, what else? Like we fly up there. I gotta like take my gear, fly with my gear. Uh, it's just a pain in the ass. Like so, we rather we would rather just drive. But if the weather's sketchy and then there's like you know ice and snow and shit, it's just like damn it. I get stuck driving. <laughs> and I'm from South Texas man. Like I, I somehow like I'm the just one that's
0: that. <laughs> it's like right. you,
2: They pick the guy who
0: lives down there in the heat.
2: Yeah. So, uh,
0: I love driving in that shit. I don't know <laughs> what it is. I do. like, But I, I just love that like white knuckle like, oh, where you're just dude. like, you can only see 30 foot in front of you. Yeah. And you're just like, I'm There's always just like.
2: Like the, the tire marks and the, like you can barely see. Oh, man, Every I,
0: once in a while you see the line yeah. opposed compared to the tire marks. You're like, mm-hmm. these tire marks are not going down mm-hmm. the fucking lane at all. Hell no. I love that shit, oh, dude. Oh man,
2: I, I do not like it.
0: I, I remember growing up, my dad taking us up there and I'd be the only one awake, and he's just like... <laughs> oh, Going fuck. up those
2: paths, like up and down the passes, man. That's like the... we uh, Yeah, we definitely have been... There was a time we came out of uh, Steamboat, and 70 was shut down, so we had to go through like Breckenridge. We had to go south through Breckenridge, up some well, That's a great road dude.
0: on a motorcycle I in bet. the
2: summertime. But <laughs> in the van and trailer, loaded down with like you know, not, not, not just being like, fuck this, man. There's like ice, there's, tr- there's trucks like all fucked up off the side of the road. We're going up these passes and like, we finally made it out cause we had to go all this crazy back roads to get to Denver. Cause we had a show. Like, I feel like we had a show like that next night. So we had to get there. And I feel like when we finally got to the road that was like, uh, We finally got to the road that was, like, dry, and, like, there was no snow. There was nothing. I wanted to fucking pull over and, like, kiss the fucking ground, dude. Like, I was like, fuck this. Never doing it again. Next year, same shit, man. Like, 70 shut down because of fucking avalanche. It's like, fuck you. (laughs) So, yeah, that's that's pretty much – that's why we would probably never do any of those fucking wintertime –
0: We'll, we'll go be, to like
2: New Mexico or something. Probably it's not quite as sketchy, but no, uh, we've done, I know we've done Red River while it was snowing, like a, a lot and ice and shit. But I wasn't, I wasn't as worried about it I, for for whatever reason. It was probably worse. But
0: well, that's yeah. a short little pass. Yeah, I mean you just go up Bobcat Pass and mm-hmm. drop right down in there. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that in the ice on a bike, just like, so sketchy, dude. It's like, <laughs> get down to the bottom of town and like, there's ice all over, I mean, there's ice on my fucking frame, my helmet, Damn like, man. My, I remember my buddy Al was coming in behind me, and I look back at one point, and he's not behind me, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, I can't even turn, like, I have to, go, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go down to the bottom, find somebody with a vehicle, and then we'll go back up there and see if he's okay. Because if I try and turn around, I'm going down. Like, yeah. there's no.
2: Did he ever show up? or? Did you...
0: Yeah, he came in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, down there at the, I'm at the. I'm like, get to the main street and I'm like, looking to see. I know a lot of people down there. So I'm like, surely somebody's going to drive by or wait. I don't know, something. And then there he came. Yeah, that was fucking scary. It was so fucking cold. And then my dumbass, we stopped in Eagle's Nest at the gas station and got coffee and like, we're just like hanging out inside <clears throat> next to the whatever was heat source we had. <clears throat> we get our hands all warmed up. Because what would happen is we made it to Cimarron and stayed the night at my friend uh, Zia's place. You know, Cimarron's that, the last little town before you go into the mountains. You got Sim, we got Raton, Cimarron, and then Cimarron Valley to Eagle's Nest. Okay. So we we're like, we're going to stay here because we got there in the evening time. It was cold as fuck. Like, go, and it would have been bad. So the next morning, we wake up, and it's fucking worse. You know, it's snowing now. We're like, fuck, we just got to go. So we make it to Eagle's Nest, getting all warmed up. And I'm like, got my hands back to life. We leave the gas station, and it's so pretty. Just snow everywhere. The road's like not dry, but it's not frozen at this point. You know, it's just wet. And just like I had to pull my fucking phone out, dude. So I take my glove off. Pull the phone out and I'm recording and it just zapped it. It's just <laughs> like, okay, that hand's done now. Like, stick it back in my glove to hold all the coldness in there at that point. And then it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. When we get to the top of Bobcat, it's probably, I don't know, in the teens or single digits, ice everywhere. Luckily it wasn't like, <clears throat> the road wasn't iced over, it was like slush. But on a motorcycle, that's enough. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Damn, dude. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were going to freeze to death in the van. Like, I can't imagine on a, fucking, <laughs> in a, on a motorcycle out there and that shit. Yeah. You know, I can gear up for the cold. Like,
0: my neck, my face, my body, even my feet. Well, my feet are second. The hands always go first. Then it's the toes, and then and then you just stop. You know, nothing
2: else really ever gets that cold. As long as you got a face
0: shield yeah,
2: of some yeah. sort. I've been meaning to cover up those damn, well, now that it's summertime, I guess I don't give a shit, but I got that that uh, lane splitter helmet or whatever, and i I just been meaning to like put gaff tape or something over those damn... Oh, the uh, vents the on vents the front? The vents on the front,
0: but... Yeah, no need for that
2: now. Not now,
0: yeah. If anything, you make them bigger now. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah,
2: man. Uh, so uh, so tell me about this new album. Shit, dude, it's it's a crazy ass album, dude. Like we've like we've already re- released two songs. Uh, paycheck to paycheck was just straight banging like honky-tonk shit. Yeah. Straight up. And Hour on the Hour is like kind of like uh fuck, it's like uh I would call it like one of those like dance hall like ballad. It's not a ballad, but just one of those just up tempo, like that, ba- like dance hall. Like, you could picture people, you could picture just the fucking dance floor, just like going, like, yeah, everybody just going, just in the going man. Like, just one of those bangers. That's how Lamar always described it, man. Like, just a banger. 2 so, step and banger. Yeah. So, like, that's, that's, like, Hour in the Hour is probably my favorite song on the record, but there's a, there's a, there's a handful of songs that, are, I mean, the whole thing is, is. Pretty fucking badass. Are
0: you playing the rest of the stuff live yet? No. No. Uh,
2: we probably won't. There's probably like a handful of songs on there that we probably will never play live. But uh, definitely hour on the hour, paycheck to paycheck. There's a. There's a. Ah, uh, damn. There's another song called Rainy Day. That's that's another. It's it's on that that realm of like hour on the hour. Like I don't know. It's just a banger. There's there's just some solid like straightforward shit. And there are some, like Mike came with like some weird chord, chord structures, I guess you could call it like, I don't even know what it is, but he plays these kind of open chords and shit that have like a, I don't don't even know, like I didn't know how to do it on steel. I was like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? He's like, well, just play like half, you know, you just like leave this, this this stays open and you do this, whatever. I'm like, all right, well, it turned out to be pretty badass, like some of the, The way shit sounds, like, I don't know. It's just, it's not just your regular G, C, D, you know, whatever. It's like, it's got some, it's got some funk to it. So, uh, it's been, it was pretty badass recording it. Where I heard these songs, I was like, damn, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do on this. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then it turned out to be like, fucking laid down like some of my favorite shit ever. That's awesome. On Steel. So, some of my favorite solos I've ever done. Um, yeah, it's, it's badass, man. Like. We're pretty I'm pretty stoked to fucking get that shit out there. Like I was afraid it was gonna take longer and longer. Like usually when we're releasing a record, it just like drags on, you know. What well,
0: it seemed like when we talked about this, it was gonna be like the fall before yeah. you guys put anything out.
2: That's what I mean, that's what I was expecting. I was like, man, there's no way this shit's gonna happen in the summertime. Like it always just seems like it takes forever, man, but we got it mixed, mastered, and then next thing I know, they're like, Yeah. We're releasing paycheck to paycheck, like radio stations. I've been up in Denton, and they've been fucking, they've been dropping that one on fucking the on the ranch like a lot, man. If anybody listens to the ranch up there, uh, I've been here. I heard it just getting in the car to go fucking go get dinner or something. And I'm like, Dank. damn, there it is. <laughs> that's so a, that's cool. is there
0: like a podcast circuit that you guys hit, like
2: promotion? I mean, uh, I guess. Our manager, Adam, has been on some podcasts. Uh, Mike, I, I don't know. I, there, I don't really know of too many, really, that that there are that we really have it gotten. It
0: seems right like there would be some. I mean, and I know that, like, everybody's got a podcast. Yeah, these days, yeah. But it seems like there's, some, there's probably somebody in the Texas country industry. Yeah. Or, like, this music, this southern red dirt, like, that whole genre would have, like, a go-to, like personality, you know? Not the rapist on the ranch, you know? He's <laughs> yeah, gone now. He's gone.
2: Um, but you know, know man, there, there's only one, the only one that I can think of right now is, uh, uh, it's called Hippies and Cowboys, and it's uh, some guys we met, well I mean, we met these guys in Kentucky recently, and they were, they were fucking badass. Got shit-faced with them. Uh, Adam's been on that one. And uh, you know we talked to those guys a little bit, and they were like, oh, we, we, you know, we'd like to get get everybody on, whatever. But other than that, one, I'm trying, I'm trying to think, man. I just am like brain dead on, on any like music podcast that I can think of. Like, have you read that book? Uh, oh fuck, the kit that the the photographer put out,
0: the Red Dirt Music book. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's fucking good. The guy that went to school at OSU. You know, at the same time, cross, you know. Oh, yeah.
2: You know what oh, book man. I'm talking about? I, I think so, but I am i haven't
0: read it. I'm going to give it to you. It's Shit, good. It's it. good. It's real fucking good. Um, but, yeah, it seems like there's got to be somebody in that vein, to you know, talking to that younger generation. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I always see I look- multiple opportunities for people to start podcasts in different places. Yeah. To cover different things. Yeah. It's a cool medium, you know, like I think you listen so, to man. Cocaine and Rhinestones? Yeah, yeah. You just dropped those three about George Jones. Have you heard them? Uh, uh, I haven't. Oh. The only one I listened
2: to was like the steel guitar one. <laughs> you know what? i an asshole. <laughs> Dude, all of them
0: are so good though. Yeah. Man. But he, I was uh, you know, paying attention to some stuff he was doing recently and found some shit on the website like the reason he's doing this podcast, like he was like, I didn't really want to. But nobody else was doing it. It's like there's all these kids or there's all this information in books, but nobody's digitizing the books and nobody's reading the books. So like somebody's got to put it in a, you know, in this format so that this, so that we don't just lose those stories, Yeah, which is exactly what I'm thinking about. Like with a lot of the motorcycle history, like there's a lot of sweet books out there that I've been reading, trying to come up with this new podcast I'm working on. And it's, that's, I think that's what's making me want to do it so bad. It's like, there's just a lot of cool stuff that's not making it to this form where it's easy to digest.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for
0: sure. And that's all this is. It's just, I was like, I would love to just read these books and put them on Audible or like, you know, get just a, yeah, you know, because this is such a convenient format. Yeah. So the first, one of the first podcasts I ever listened to was a. W.B. Walker's Old Soul Radio Show. You ever heard of that guy? Mm-hmm. Oh fuck, it's great. <laughs> and he plays like old country music, very little like commentary until like, and I haven't listened to it in fuck, like, three years probably, but it's what me and the band used to listen to on the road. Because he would showcase new artists right alongside Merle, you know, or you know whatever old school music he's listening to and playing. Yeah. And then he would do little features on some of the bands. Uh, and then you got that one out of Chicago. What's his? Uh, something country music. Oh, shit. Saving country music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We were on it. Well, that's a. Uh, does he have a podcast? Yeah. Well, he did. Yeah, it's a blog. Started out as just a blog. Yeah. And then he's got a podcast to go along with it. Or hell, maybe it was. No, I'm pretty sure it was his podcast.
2: Shit. I didn't even know he had one.
0: Do do the radios, like to the ranch, do they have... And I, this is how far I'm disconnected, but do they have like a... You know, they used to do their Sunday night show. Well, that was with Frizzell, wasn't it?
2: I think so. Yeah, yeah.
0: And they would do, would they ever put those in podcast
2: form? Do you know about that? I don't think so. Huh. I don't think they really... Yeah, I mean, they... It just seems like a
0: missed opportunity now that it's available to, like, categorize all those shows. Like, hey, I'd like to go back and listen to when, you know, Mike was on there three years ago.
2: Yeah. It's almost kind of like why we're, we've been recording a lot of our live shows just for the fuck of it. Just because, so we have it, and it's extra material that we can, you know, put wherever put on our Patreon or do this or that or just release. Absolutely. And that's all that stuff, Like, I I feel the same way about that. Like it's like we might as well have it.
0: Yeah, it's too easy to not do that. Even if it's as simple as setting up one mic.
2: Yeah. You know,
0: like who knows what might happen that you might catch.
2: Plus I still go back and there's like this internet archive thing and you can go and find, you can look, like if I looked up Mike and the Moonpies, there's like, there's a handful of live shows that were recorded we have a buddy in Austin that we're recording has been recording shows of ours since 2010. Yeah, and so there's recordings from 2010 at like the Mohawk in Austin or something, and you can go back and like listen to us like then, you know, and be like, holy shit! Like I still do that sometimes just to be like, okay, how shitty was I? Let me go back and listen. Okay, and I'm so like, oh, <laughs>
0: this this the book I'm talking about. <clears throat> okay, I always wondered how and why. This red dirt genre got such a big, got all the momentum going early on. Like, you know, it's not like this is the, like when Cody Canada started doing it, or uh, what was the band Mike McCur was in? Great Divide. Great Divide. Like, they weren't the first ones to do country rock, but it like picked up momentum right around the 2000, right? Yeah, like, that's yeah. when it really started blowing up. Well, so this guy in this book makes this connection. There was a guy, I think it was at the Wormy Dog. The sound guy was recording <clears throat> all the shows and then putting them on Napster. Remember Napster? Yeah, yeah. And they were like, what are you wasting your time doing that for? Like, but at the same time, like, the, he, he caught like a Nymphomaniac by Jason Bolin, which was probably the first country song to ever go viral. Right? Would you agree with that? Like,
2: for sure. And it
0: hit all the fucking colleges campuses where they were figuring out Napster. Now Jason Boland goes on a little tour and, like, people already, they're like, it's like, you know, the first time you play a town, it's very, you know, it can go, it can really start some momentum. Or it can just be like, oh, we got to go try and find that crowd again. But, like, once you go on tour and they're like, hey, dude, the guy that plays Nymphomaniac is playing at the Blue Light. You know, like, yeah. I think that, that that dude uploading all that stuff on Napster, like, really kick-started that whole yeah. scene, and it was interesting that, that Yeah, I,
2: I definitely, I remember having, like, Napster or Lime, was it LimeWire or some shit like that, like, and having, like, a bunch, a shitload of, like, well, like, Robert O'Keen and shit like yeah. that, you know? I guess it's probably... You know, just the internet in general. I would think, you know, just that time, the late '90s into the early 2000s, like is when things started really popping off with music and shit. Like you said, with Napster and all that. So,
0: when I th- it also just this circuit that we have, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that's so like, true. It kind of like separates it from the rest of what's going on in the yeah. United States. Like those guys are hitting this, sh- playing the college towns, whether it's Lubbock, Austin, College Station. Nah. You know, and it kind of they tapped into that. You know, yeah. in Oklahoma, Stillwater, the Wormy Dog. I'm sure you guys have played there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's an interesting part of that book. Like, I don't even think that he acknowledges the importance. I think that that had. You know, like that being. I I don't know. I guess I'm maybe I'm giving it more credit than it deserves. But I think it had a lot to do with.
2: I mean, you know, the rise sounds of, like a pretty damn
0: good assessment, huh? Yeah,
2: I think so. Shit, I never even, I never even thought about that. Hell yeah, and obviously, <laughs>
0: yeah, it's the internet in general. People started using it, but that, those recordings, like, they're just that live, yeah. raw, like, you're, hear the crowd, you know, yeah. it's, like, not as, because, you know, think about the 90s. It was, like, crisp recordings, fucking auto-tune, like, yeah, you know they were they were really the technology was coming around and they were using it right, and then you hear this raw recording at a club, some dude singing yeah. about a sex addict, you know like yeah, that was it was pretty good stuff.
2: That that was making I was just thinking right now I was like that had to have been how I knew that song because like it wasn't on a record or nothing. No, it was a fucking <laughs> recording
0: from Warmy Dog, dude.
2: I mean, I probably had like. Fucking thousand burn CDs from like all my different friends and all these different, you know. Dude, I had a, I had a couple buddies. They made
0: a fuck ton of money one year by doing burn CD, like mix. They're like they had like their own mixed name, a cover like in each. I don't know whether it was like each semester, every week they'd have a new collection of songs, put it on a CD, burn the fuck out of them, sell them for twenty bucks a piece. They fucking killed it, dude. It was better than drugs. Everybody <laughs> had to have one of those fucking... I wish I had them now, just to like... Refer, and all they were doing is getting all these songs off Napster. Mm-hmm. Burning a CD and selling it at school. Ripping all you fucking badass musicians off.
2: But also spreading the word, you know? Like, Shit, it seems like uh, Spotify is ripping us off too, so hell. <laughs> yeah? We've never been one of those bands that like that we're like, oh, no, like, we're not good. We're, like, you have to fucking, you have to put your shit on those services, like. That's it. You have to, man. I mean. What about playlists? Do you guys have, like, any playlists
0: that you would, like, man, I would, we listen to this. It'd be cool if they, like, put our song on this playlist.
2: We're definitely on, I don't know what playlist, but we're definitely on playlists, and that's kind of, that's how you get. That's, that's the you, new radio station. It is, Curating music. Yeah. You get on certain certain uh playlists on spotify man you can go a long ways with that shit so uh, like i said i don't know what which ones we're on or whatever but uh it's definitely you see you see like and mike sees all like the spotify numbers and shit and like he's like yeah like you see it immediately like as soon as it gets put on this yeah. the
0: numbers on that song go yeah. up we know so. what's cool about spotify on that last trip i went to uh daytona with the guys in birmingham the Haints, man it was Fucking so much fun hanging out with these guys. But the first night we get there, one of the dudes had a fucking Daytona mix. Uh, It's like Spotify playlist. And he, like, shared it with all of us. Hey, add songs that you want to hear. And then they, I didn't have any headphones on, but these dudes have their headphones on. And they could sync up all the playlists and play them together. So they're all cruising down the road listening to the same playlist at the same song. At the same time. Like, that'd be pretty rad, Yeah. Jam into the song in your helmet and that guy next to you is jamming to the same fucking song.
2: That's that's pretty badass.
0: That's fucking badass, right? Yeah.
2: We don't we we don't really do like music that much. I mean if we're in like in the van, if we're in the front seat, like someone's like jamming, we'll do like, you know, two of us in the front seats will like, you know, listen to music or whatever. Me and Omar listen to like death metal or some shit and just like enjoy you know we'll be like oh yeah dude i love it you know that solo or this whatever and that's like the only thing i can really think of and we used to do it a lot more but nowadays we're just kind of like
0: we're with a big old van like we're just it's like, like
2: it's like playing the big venue you yeah know? Like the, the guys separated. are in the back watching fucking mcgruber on fucking tv all loud <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's it's like that but I don't think we used to listen to music more like as a band when we just like had like a regular ass van, and we when were we were other fresh. Options. Yeah, yeah, we were fresh. You're still
0: showing each other your influences yeah. and what you like to listen to. Yeah. So, what about do you guys listen to podcasts on, in the van?
2: Yeah, there's like a handful that I'll that I'll uh, I'll get onto, but I don't think anybody else really listens to too many. I mean, but. Shit, honestly, sometimes I just put fucking TV on in the van while I'm driving, dude. It sounds crazy, but <laughs> I'll just have, like, in my car, dude, I have, like, a little thing right here, and I'll just put, like, I'll put a show on. And it's kind of like, you're just really just listening to it, but, I mean, I'm watching the road, and there's just, like, cheers or some shit. No way. Oh, there's a Wings channel on Pluto TV that I fucking just, just for background noise. Really? <laughs> sounds crazy as shit. Like.
0: It does sound crazy.
2: <laughs> I mean... Just something else, like something yeah. something to kind of like just be in your ear, but yeah. What about music videos? Music videos. Yeah,
0: do you guys, do you guys doing
2: any music videos for these songs? We Have you, haven't Vegas? done, we haven't done a music video. When's the last one we did? I guess it was probably like Beaches of Biloxi off of State Night. Damn, that was probably, so that's like
0: five, six years ago?
2: Stick Night came out in 2018, so okay. yeah.
0: I don't see. I think that that's a killer way these days to like push a push a single. Like I thought, who? I mean, Paul Coffin, Jonathan Tyler, yeah. they both have done like really cool. Paul Coffin's gotten a little bit. Of, he's done a lot. He's put a lot of energy into it, but just as simple. It doesn't even have to have all that glamorous shit but just yeah. like in the, like the studio setting is really cool to see the bands like yeah
2: I love that kind of stuff I've always loved like my favorite videos have always been the ones where it's like just like footage from the road like I love seeing all footage that footage from the road yeah. and then
0: playing the music
2: in the studio just,
0: it's like that's yeah
2: that's a go-to it's like mm-hmm. that works every that's my time favorite stuff man so uh does
0: anybody follow you around if I mean Caleb does Caleb you know on his personal account he does yeah. a lot
2: of that shit just tell him to save all his stories and shit that we all take a lot of videos and stuff, you know, here and there, but we don't, I guess we just haven't, it hasn't been a focus of ours doing, uh, doing videos for the last, you would have thought look good and neon would have had one, but I guess it's, I guess we, we really don't put as much into it as, as we would think, you know, we don't put as much,
0: I mean, I'm the same way. I say yeah. this, I'm like, yeah, it would be
2: real effective. It's fun. It's cool to have that shit, but it's almost like... It I takes guess
0: a lot of energy. It
2: does, and it takes money and shit.
0: Yeah, because now the guys that are really good at it, that's such a valuable asset to anybody's business. Yeah. Whether it's fucking selling candles or music,
2: like having good yeah. video footage is... There's a... On Spotify now, too, They though, they have that, like, when you, when you listen to a song, it has, like, the video. the video pops up, like if you put video on, it is short, but that's all that's really cool too. I like yeah, that. Yeah, they do the
0: podcast right there too, the video. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So
0: I'm fixing to put one out. I guess I can tell people about it now. Uh, the the podcast I did for the Mexico trip, the Mexican recap where we're just like telling everything that happened in Mexico. I recorded a bunch of GoPro footage on my chest cam eight or nine hours. Well, I sent it to a guy. He took all that footage and squeezed it down to three hours that we're recording the podcast. So it's like the podcast, the three hour podcast with three hours of chess cam footage. And it's, it's he was like, it lined up. He, I, I told him, I was like, dude, don't spend a lot of time like trying to line up the clips with what we're talking about. Like, I can't afford to pay you that. Like, here's a set amount of money you know, make it happen, but it was, you know, the way that those videos get clicked on, and I'm, you know, I'm, I click the record button whenever I see something worth noting, and then when we're talking, I'm talking about the stuff that was worth noting, and he was like, dude, it was amazing how, like, you guys would be talking about something, and I'd click the next video, and then bam, there's the lady that gave you peyote, you know, I'm like, <laughs> fuck, so it's, and so I've watched pretty, like, two hours of it, you know, it doesn't all line up, but it's, you know. I'm glad I did it. It makes me think, fuck, this is a way I could do because I can't edit all that shit. You yeah, know? that's 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 a lot of work. Uh but he's got a system set up where he can do it quicker and yeah. you know, it'd be worth giving him some money and just to get it out there, uh more or less. Yeah, just so people can watch it. Fuck yeah. there's no way to make I mean I guess I could <clears throat> put an advertisement I don't know, just to put it out there.
2: That's a lot of video, damn.
0: Three hours, dude. I'm like, fuck, people already listen to the podcast. Do they really want to hear it again and watch <laughs> it? And I found myself like two hours in, I'm like, you know, fuck, I recorded the audio and I'm enjoying watching yeah. it, you know? So I think it'll be cool. But, you know, videos obviously shouldn't be that long. People's attention
2: span. Yeah. We did, uh, during COVID, Mike was doing this little like uh, video, a video thing that he was doing on Facebook Live every, every week. And uh, he was going to do it like twice a week, I want to say. And then he was like, fuck that, it's too much work. Like doing all this editing videos and doing his little like live, it wasn't live, but you know, he was, you know, doing all this shit. We had like raffles, I, not raffles, but uh, doing giveaways and shit. Uh, all of us in the band would like record videos and send them into oh, him and shit. So it was him. hard enough for me just to, to record a stupid video like like it yeah. was a pain in the ass. And I was like, dude, fuck this shit. And Mike had to take all that stuff and like, you know, put it into like one hour. A digestible or whatever. piece yeah. of material. <clears throat> so I, I Well, I'm glad to at least try
0: because I really yeah. got burnt out by how many people were just set up their cell phone and playing and do it. Yeah. With yeah, shitty um, audio, yeah. shitty I'm like, here's the deal, guys. There's video producers. There's sound guys. They're all out of work, too. Like, yeah. You know, get some more people involved. Like, the Texas Gentleman did a really good job. Did you yeah. see, They put out a video that was, like, cool background, really well recorded, you know. I'm like, fuck. See, that's... Yeah. That would be more appeasing. And the other guy who did it good was... Uh, I mean, he did a lot of them. But Pat Green would do a video, like, once a day, tell a story you know, which yeah. I always like the stories, you know, like, let's hear about how Take Me Out to the Dance Hall was written, you know, I grew up, I mean, that was like oh, my yeah. transition from rock to country was Live at Sons of Herman Hall by Robert Earl King, which I still think is one of the greatest albums ever made, you know, yeah. and then Pat Green Live at Billy Bob, when he was just like on the verge of being too drunk yeah. but not quite there yet, Yeah, like, I saw him at Billy Bob's during that time and it was one of the fucking most amazing shows I've ever seen. Just the energy of that whole fucking place. I was like 17 years old in disbelief that country music could be so much fun. Yeah. You know? like I didn't want to tell people that I was there listening to it, you know? Like, <laughs> you can't tell my punk rock friends I was at Pat Green at yeah. Billy Bob's this weekend.
2: But it was so sick, yeah. you know? <laughs> Did you ever see him back in the day? Uh, I saw him uh, I saw him like once in Corpus there was a concrete street amphitheater. I saw him there. Uh, shit I want to say it was like Pat Green, Gary Allen, uh, Jason Boland like they were on like the big stage and then there was like a small stage where I don't know Kevin Fowler, Played at like 5 p.m. or some shit, you know. Kevin and was, Fowler and
0: Daryl Dodd. Yeah, like,
2: like like there was like the small stage. You know,
0: my uncle used to play in a rock band with Kevin Fowler. No shit. Yeah, back my uncle's played in Austin for years. The finger pistol, finger pistols name of his band. And uh, yeah. 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 Say, Kevin Fowler used to be a rock and a roller dude. <laughs> like and just the, like a lot of people, we found out he could actually make money at playing music during the yeah. country in Texas. <clears throat> Who the thunk it? But so that was early on back then, huh? To see Pat Green. Yeah, that was like 2003 or four, I want to say. So that was right as. You know what's crazy? Is Pat Green? He was like one of the last guys to get one of those huge record deals. You know, where the record companies are like, "All right, we're like, we are fucking losing here. We got to figure it out like the internet's fucking us. Yeah. We're gonna pay Pat an ungodly amount of money." for the next four albums that he won't even care to make once he gets all this money. that's exactly what happened. But he was like, you know, I've heard the number and
2: it's, it was ungodly. I can't imagine. Do they get paid? Like, is that how the, like, I wonder if when they get those deals, like, does it, does the, do you pay yourself with that fucking money too? Or is it just like, well, that was back when it was changing so much. So
1: like
0: before then it was like, Hey, we'll lend you this. Whatever, however it was, they were fucking you. Well, now they're like trying to save themselves because the, yeah. the Napster's fucking them off. They're like, you know, fuck, the music's getting out there. What can we do to like. And it was like, hey, we're going to pay you this amount of money to make the next four albums or whatever it was. And he got a lot of money. I bet he did. Damn. But yeah, I don't think it's like that anymore. They can't, they don't even have that money. That's like the. But that was right in that transition yeah. period, 2003, 2004. Yeah. And as soon as they gave him that money, like the next, I mean, the, the albums after that were like, you know, you, people need struggle to write those good <laughs> yeah. tunes, you know? Yeah, like,
2: you do, man. When you're writing
0: with real emotion, <laughs> and that's with a real good, I mean, given there are people that just write good songs, but they're not yeah. like... Emotionally driven from experience, songs that are really, really good. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I guess everybody's <laughs> different, but
2: like, know. yeah. If it's just Kush, you're just fucking living it up. It's like, what are you gonna fucking sing yeah. about? What do yeah,
0: I got like, to? Com- what do I got to really yeah. be complaining? about? At least about? shit
2: that I connect with, it's like always just like miserable, <laughs> miserable shit. So uh, it's not like there's like happy songs, right? Like there I are. No that I like like I, I can't the thought of writing like a happy song is just funny to me like it's like what like what do you it's, it just sounds cheesy to me to, that you would write a song about like just happy shit but
0: way down yonder yeah. on the well okay okay uh, come on I dude, know. Dude. See, I come knew you. On. that whole I album know, but, was like happy
2: <laughs> yeah but see I guess I'm drawn more to like I, okay I like uh, uh fuck the, uh, the, uh, the, see, now I'm gonna fucking forget. Uh, here in the real world, man, now that's my shit.
0: Here in the real world. Yeah. What is that?
2: That's Alan Jackson. Okay. That's the fucking, that's the sad shit. That's the sad mm. shit. Yeah. That's the shit that I like. <laughs> <laughs> see, I don't even listen to the happy songs, dude. <laughs> well,
0: but they're out there. They're, they're out there. They're yeah. Out
2: there. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, most. But it's weird to me to think. How weird it would be to write that. Like, I don't know. Did he even? He didn't write that song. That's a songwriter. Yeah, I'm That's sure the songwriter You're probably, right. shit.
0: You're probably right. So.
2: <laughs>
0: Which is even weirder because was that songwriter really happy? But he was a songwriter. I mean, I guess being a songwriter is a pretty good. He game. probably knew
2: what it was like to fucking write songs and make money just writing songs, and was like, yeah. "Oh, I can fucking do this shit and make yeah. that money. Yeah, like I can write this shit. Oh, song. Man. Just, just people just writing songs, man." And that's it. Like David Allen Coe, that motherfucker's written some songs. There's a shitload of them out there. People that are just, you know, that's all they do. They go. You've and, written some. You were writing songs last year, <clears> or <throat> you were putting them out there. Yeah, just. I mean, I don't. Oh yeah, I mean, I guess I. I do write some shit here and there, but. It just doesn't. I don't really have a good. I'm, I'm planning on trying to record some stuff but it's all so fucking slow and miserable, man. Like I'm like, dude, I don't know if this is gonna work. <laughs> it just, I'm just gonna do it just for the fuck of it. It doesn't really matter to me anyway. It's not like I'm trying to fucking, you know, trying to do that, but I definitely have, you know, I definitely wanna record some shit soon. It just, I can, re- I record like steel guitar at home, this and that, but when I try to sit down and like record my own shit, it's like, it's really hard for me to do for some reason. Well, like, dude, that's why I like, Having an outside
0: like I learned when we record this last recorded this last outbound train album. Even when I did Odor, my punk rock band. You know, being the guy that says, Oh, that cut'll work. It's really good if he's not like attached, be like being in the band. Yeah. Or, like he's not a creative part of the band. It's somebody that's like, no, that's that's good enough that's good. Maybe good enough's not throw right, but that gets that gets the job done. You know, it's the right vibe or what you know like being the guy in the band trying to decide like all right that take was good enough or you know like yeah. it always helps <clears throat> to have that outside in, influence or uh yeah for sure shot caller if you will
2: yeah it's when we were like a real
0: producer
2: yeah yeah for sure you know that's like it's good to have it yeah we definitely you know our buddy adam you know he's our producer at so all, he records all like our, the sound engineer and producer yeah all in one so you know we've always got him there but when we record our shit once we come up with like a once we figure out how we want it to be then we start cutting it as a band and we'll just be trying to get drums right first like we'll we'll be we'll all be in there cutting this song and then we'll do a take and then they're like Kyle like our drummer they're like asking him like what'd you think of that one so it's pretty much up to him if he thinks it's a good drum take really yeah if he's, if he's, if we, if he's tied on it, cause they all sound the same to me. They yeah. all sound yeah, good yeah, to me. Yeah. And he's like, uh,
0: Well, that's why I, I always feel like, I mean, from my experiences in the studio, somebody ends up stepping up yeah. you know and they don't always get like the producer credit. Yeah. But, like yeah. there's somebody in there that's like, whether he's saying that's good enough or he's like, you know, influencing everybody else's thought to be like, yeah, that was the one. Yeah. You know yeah like even when you think that you're the one making the call you're like once again you're looking for that energy like what did they think like I know what I th- I think I know what I thought about that yeah but I've also played it 300 times like yeah it was good and it was it wasn't better than the second one yeah. you know the first one but yeah. it'll do
2: and I guess yeah for us at this point going to the studio it's it's up to each in each of us individually for our own shit to be like that that was the one right there or yeah. whatever you know we rarely do everything live anymore uh like all you know we rarely rarely do just straight live where we record everything and that's it like uh so there's that comes, no
0: that comes with the budget
2: I mean, not that comes without a budget. I feel like when you're just trying to get it all, like all at the same time, and not take too much time. And that's what but, I'm saying. Like now that yeah, you got a budget, yeah, like you don't yeah. have to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's just like we might. I mean, we're playing it. We're all playing it. Yeah, yeah. Like he's vibing off of the rest of us, you know. Like, but I mean, there's just no point. Plus, it's you know, like like this last record. Like we changed so much shit. Like Mike would go back and listen to these these cuts and listen to these demos and be like, uh let me change this. And then we, we, there's one song we did that we changed it like three or four times, like changed the whole vibe of the song. Like, really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Just changed it completely. So, uh, and I'm, and I'm super happy we did cause the final outcome was, was pretty badass. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you were talking about getting that credit though, that, that producer credit or whatever yeah, last just- year. When we when we did the Gary Stewart album, since we recorded at home, I get like a, an engineer credit on that record. <laughs> it's like one of my fucking crowning achievements. Oh, okay, because yeah, you did. Yeah, sound I did the recording at your house.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Like I'm an engineer. Yeah, I'm a fucking
0: engineer. Well, it's funny in the new uh, season of Cocaine and Rhinestones. The first couple episodes, he's talking about like. Owen Bradley and like the, you know, the Nashville sound and who gets credit for it. And like early on, the producer was the guy with the money, you know, that got the musicians in the room yeah. with the recording and paid for it, right? He gets the producer credit. But really, the producer is like the guy in the band calling the shots, telling everybody what to do, how to do it, mm-hmm. when to do it, and then saying, all right, that was good enough. Yeah. Like that was the take. And it, you know, it slowly changed over time where now you got people like, you know Rick Rubin, where it's like, nah, he he like he, you know, he influences what the band's gonna play, decides whether the takes are you know that's it or that's not, decides where you're gonna record. I mean, I feel like there's so many different influences yeah. on producing a sound yeah. that I didn't ever think about, you know, until I, I did it a couple of times with a couple of different styles of music, a couple of different types of musicians. Uh, Sometimes it's the songwriter that really. Is the producer? Sometimes it's like,
2: yeah, Yeah, I mean, somebody else. With us, it's mostly like Adam's our producer, but I mean, it's mostly Mike. Like, you know, they're Mike's songs for the most part. So it's like, you know, in the end of the at the end of the day, it's it's really his like decision how things you know go. So, you know, it's just nice to have someone else there like like Adam to kind of like throw other ideas out there than the rest of us. You know, we're all in our you know stuck in our ways. We do. We, he knows how we're gonna do things, but it's just a matter of it's little things that kind of change a song or whatever. Yeah, so. and
0: just communicating. Yeah. Those,
2: like, but it would be. I feel like it would be fun to kind of like go do a record, just knowing that there's gonna be a fucking producer like some some guy that's like a Who badass. Who would you want?
0: Who would you want?
2: Well, like probably like another musician, right? Oh yeah. For starters, I mean another like. A person that we're probably, I don't know, man, like, maybe like, uh, I don't know, shit, like fucking Jason Boland or someone like that, you know, like. Uh, I mean, the first person I think it was Mike McClure. Mike McClure. <laughs> I well, just because that's I wonder like wonder really what, what he is. I like to see, I mean, I, I would like to experience him in the studio. Have you ever
0: played a show with him?
2: I mean, I've met him a few times, but and we've we've done like festivals and stuff with them, but.
0: Uh, what an interesting
2: cat. Man. Yeah, definitely. That's why I'm like, that would be interesting. I mean, somehow
0: <laughs> I already got to record like with one of my, you know, with, the, dude. I mean, the one of the most baddest steel players I know of. Like, I don't know how much he really produced it, but Andy Gibson, you know, like. Oh just, yeah, yeah. You know, him going, that sucked, go do that again. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> everything I do is going to suck in your eyes. I yeah. know this. we got to figure out how to make this work, you know. Uh, and I didn't even play a lot, but just being there. And I feel like I was, you know, that was one of the times where I realized that it, I mean, that's why I got brought there, was to the, like, ha- be an outside influence on what, this is when I was learning how to play the guitar. So the guitar player, the bass player, played all the, most of the guitar parts. But dude, I mean, Fucking Andy Gibson call. He's like, "Oh, you guys need a fiddle player for this song. I got a guy. He's a kid. He'll be he'll be he'll be able to nail it." The dude comes over and straight what, just listens to it one time. Now, give him. We're in Nashville. Yeah. Listens to it one time, and me and Brett are in the sound booth. He fucking record or not the sound booth, the you know the mixing room, which is Andy's living room. You know, and this guy's in Andy's bedroom recording, and he plays this fiddle part. And me and Brett are like. Fuck, dude, nailed it, you know? And Andy's like, they don't like it. Do it again. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. But it was George Jones' touring fiddle player. You know, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course he nailed it, dude. God damn. Um, But yeah, like he's the one that did Straight to Hell with Hang 3. And it was Mm -hmm. just like, fuck, are we really here? Like, he just takes money from people to do this. And it's not...
2: Yeah, that was that's pretty wild. Yeah, that was one of my. I used to be so into Hank three. Like, Dude, that album changed a lot yeah. of things, a lot of people's
0: perspective on what you could do with country music. Yeah, and there was and at the time, what's wild is there was a lot of people already doing that to that extreme. Yeah, to some degree, but not with his name or had that kind of recognition. But they were making a sound similar to that. Yeah. Uh, I guess it was less country and more rock and roll, but in the same vein. He brought the real just yeah, countryside to things. I wonder what the fuck he's
2: doing. No fucking clue. I'd like to know. I, I know that I...
0: Scott was talking about this new venue they got, Yellow Rose. And I threw your name in the mix. I'm like, you guys got to get Mike and the Moon Pies out there. Like, they'll know the people to reached out to. They could fucking help you curate a badass show. Same with my sister. I was like, do hey, you... Got to put you in touch with my sister. She knows people. Because that's what they're going to need is that Texas country sound out there in East Texas. Yeah. Uh, Where do you guys play out in East Texas?
2: We, I guess we don't. <laughs> no, there's no East Texas gig? We just did one in, uh, what the fuck town was it? Lin, Lindale? Is that East Texas? Yeah, you guys played Lindale? I think that was the town. Uh, I mean, that's right there by Henderson, right? Nah, I thought it was on the other side of, I thought it was on the north side of... 20? Uh, or a, 30? 30,
0: yeah. Maybe this. I don't know that area very well.
2: I mean, out there near Tyler and all that shit.
0: Yeah, Lindale's out there for yeah. sure. Yeah.
2: I mean, we just don't, we just ain't never really had, like, much of a presence out there. And and anywhere, in really, in East Texas, like on, like, east of 45, we've never really had much of a... Well, there's yeah. a
0: lot of music out there. And there's a lot yeah. of small bars. There's, I mean, there's a lot of bars, period, out there. Yeah. They got a pretty cool Lake of the Pines festival, like On the Lake, big camp out music thing. That'd be a cool one. Lake of the Pines. But Yellow Rose Canyon. You guys are going to have to get together with Oliver them, and probably if you guys wanted to, you could like hand pick your lineup and throw a fucking festival out sure. there. It'd be sick. Hell It'd yeah. be so
2: sick. <laughs> Sounds but I was
0: going somewhere with all this. Oh, yeah. Scott was like, Oliver wants to bring Hank 3 out. And I was like, well, I mean, I don't even know if that's possible. He's like, oh, fuck, Oliver will make it happen. And I'm like, well, maybe. I mean, that would be fucking sick if he got Hank 3 out there. <clears throat> but, I mean, Willie's played there. Robert Earl played there. It's a huge... They say it can hold like 10,000 people. It's like in the bottom of this fucking crater. There's a stage. There's... RV hookups, there's cabins to rent, it's 120 acres. Damn. It's gonna be sick, dude. Restaurant, bar. Sounds
2: badass. Fucking Hell. mini bike racing.
0: <laughs> They're doing a country music camp out. Their first show is gonna be July 17th.
2: That's like a Saturday night or what? Like probably. Vandaliers. You play with Josh at all? Love those
0: guys, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah! What's uh... What's that fucking fiddle player's name? I'll Somebody. never remember. Yeah, he used to play in another band that was so much fucking fun, dude. Just real bluegrass shit. One of the lead singer was like a was a brewmaster, dude, at a fucking brewery. Like fun sing-along, western country, just fucking bad. And, and that dude's got so much energy that plays the fiddle. Uh, those guys, they just have a good energy in general, man. With their whole band, like dude, fucking Josh used to have a band called The Fuss. Have you ever heard that? Mm-hmm. It was him and a drummer. Fucking so badass. Like Josh's songwriting skills don't even get touched at the vandaliers. Like he, he knows it. I mean, that's why he started playing country music. He was just like, well, there's, you know, I can make a living. Again. Like playing this rock stuff, it's a little bit more difficult to make a living. Yeah. This country music, though, there's a way to yeah. make some money doing this. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, rad stuff. And then Matt the Cat's going to play out there. You know, 1100 Springs supposedly broke up.
2: Yeah. They're playing their last shows coming up. I know. Damn. I mean, fucking love those guys. That's wild, right. dude. They've
0: been at it for a minute. Fuck.
2: Uh, forever. Shit. I mean, they haven't put out <laughs> any new music in a long time, but... They've been... they've. Uh, I mean, they've had some stuff. They've had some stuff come out, but, yeah, I mean, that's, like, those are, like, our our favorite people, man. Like, Matt, you see him out, like, that's just always, like, like, love hanging with Matt. Yeah, we've been knowing them for quite a while, so, you know, doing all the, and then doing all the stuff that we do, you know, all the festivals and stuff, they're the ones that are, you know, always there and we we just connect with them because of what we do you know it's like it's always a good time so you got something going on
0: <laughs> hey give me a minute yeah i was like Fuck, there's a blue motorcycle outside dude you're fixing to meet a character oh shit <laughs> this is one of those cats i haven't seen in probably two years Last time I rode with him, not last time, one of the times I rode with him, I go over to his house, we're just riding into town. And his bike's in pieces with a new paint job. I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, oh dude, I hadn't run from the cops. I just painted by, paint my bike. You know, <laughs> so it doesn't
1: look the same. <laughs> <Bye.
0: laughs> well six, so what are the next gigs? Let's see, uh, what's, hold on, we gotta figure this out real quick. Oh damn, I'm getting all sorts of shit. So this is probably gonna come out the 21st. So. All right, let
2: me look here.
0: Uh, Or around the 21st, maybe even the 28th.
2: So just start with August probably?
0: Yeah, start with August. What are the gigs in August? When Um, are you going to Milwaukee?
2: We're going to Milwaukee, let's see when that is. In August we kick off, we kick off our run. Uh, We got, we're gonna be in Alpine. Vivo Big Band doing that thing on July thirtieth.
0: Fuck, that would be sick. So we'll be
2: out there, and then we head out to California for a while.
0: You gotta ride your bike. Have you ridden Big Ben? Nah. Fuck, so good. That River Road, dude. It's like fucking. It's like a glass roller coaster. Yeah. So fucking sick.
2: Yeah. I'm. I mean, shit. It's one of those things where now, like, if we get a bus, I'm like, dude, I'm gonna want to take my shit. Yeah. But yeah, we got California. We got
0: you going to have that same bus driver
2: with the fucking motorcycles? Nah, I don't think that's going to happen again. Dude, we I would off. secure that guy. <laughs> I she know. You pissed that. him off? Uh, well, we, I mean, I don't know. It was one of, we, we were out for a long-ass time. And, he was and, like, you uh, guys
0: aren't letting me ride my motorcycle. Well, enough.
2: yeah, it was, I don't know. We like to stay out and party and shit, and mm. I guess he was cool, but it got to the end of the run, and we were like, the last show we were with him was in Fort Worth, and he was just like being a dick or something. But... Uh, yeah, that's. I doubt that'll ever happen again, So, but it is what it is. We'll just have to find another one to do that. We got this Braun Brothers thing in uh, Chalice, Idaho. You're playing that? Mm-hmm, yeah. Got that going on. Chalice, all, Idaho. Yeah. Hey, Idaho boys, when's that gig? That's uh, August 14th. August 14th. Yeah, that's a big festival thing. Dude, they the do guys that there. I went and
0: rode... Idaho and Montana with. I'm going to send them out. Super yeah. cats, Do that area once again. Dude, you need to take your fucking bike. I know, man.
2: I know. I need to do it. Let's
0: so go. the Bronx, that's a big festival, right? They've been doing yeah. that for years. Have you guys played that one before?
2: Yeah, we did it a, uh, a couple years ago, two or three years ago. and Now,
0: where is Chalice time. at? I'm not Chalice. How do you spell that?
2: C-H. Chalice, Idaho. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got it. It's
0: only 1,200 miles from here.
2: That ain't nothing. Man, that's as a bird flies. Oh, though. dude, that's beautiful country. Yeah, it's rad out there, man.
0: Dude, that's thats where we rode right through there, man. Fuck yeah. I know exactly where that's at. That's fucking beautiful yeah. country. The run went right through Chalice.
2: Yeah, there's. I love it out there, man. We've always had a lot of fun out in uh, Idaho. So is...
0: So, the Braun brothers. That's Reckless Kelly and, and Mickey and
2: the Motor Cars. Mickey and the Motor Cars. Hell yeah. Uh, so we got that after we do a little run in Cali. Uh, shit, we're playing. Were you
0: going to be at like aug- the two weeks before that?
2: Two like, weeks before that.
0: Like August uh, 12th, 13th,
2: 14th. The 14th, oh, wait, I'm in July right now. My bad. 12th, okay. The 10th, we're in Morro Bay, California, Siren. 11th, Goldfield Trading Post, Sacramento. 12th, we're at Siskiyou Golden Fair in Yerica. Is it Yerica? Or Eureka, California? With a Y. I know hmm. there's two Eurekas, but yeah something like that and then the 13th we're off then 14th in uh at Braun Brothers 14th is Braun Brothers and Chalice yeah come on dude so and then let me see when that Milwaukee date is come on dude oh, I'm right coming here. to it dude, I'm coming to it check this out Thursday August 26th is what that's that's Milwaukee
0: oh Milwaukee
2: yeah that's the a Milwaukee
0: 26th day. of August. Yeah, I'll be long gone by then. But there are some <laughs> Milwaukee boys that will be there. Where's that hey, one at? Shank Hall. Shank Hall.
2: Yeah. I don't know that one. It's a. It's just, a, I think we played there before. It's just a little ass, a little venue there in, in Milwaukee, man. We played there like years and years ago, and we thought there was going to be nobody. And then there was like maybe 20 people there, and they were like the rowdiest 20 people Dude, Milwaukee ever. is dude. so
0: much fun. We dude. loved it,
2: man. We fucking loved it there, so... Yeah, we got to go lot to the museum while you
0: were there. You ought to do that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of cool shit to do in Milwaukee, man. August 14th. I'm gonna try and make so I'll be so Sturge I'm leaving Sturgis like the 12th or the 13th. Now I'm gonna leave Sturgis to make it there by the 14th. I got to be in Salt Lake by the 16th or the 18th. Oh shit. Oh shit. Dude. I'm gonna try and make that happen. Do it. I was telling those guys about asking them if they knew the Braun brothers. Like, dude, they do a festival up here somewhere. We were probably in Chalice when I was telling them about it. <laughs>
2: That's, That's really do awesome. it, man. It's badass. It's a good time. And then it's like everybody's there, dude. Like all the bands. Like
0: Yeah, because they they were they're a big part of that book I'm fixing to give you. Yeah, I bet um, they are. Because yeah, they they came down here and started touring that, I guess they hooked up with I don't know, Bowling or Cody Canada and, you know, yeah. started doing that circuit. Probably played the Wormy Dog. I don't even remember. Fuck, I just read the book. It's been a couple months now. I'll give you that book, though. You'll enjoy it. Hell It's yeah. good. All right, dude. Let's go see what this cat wants. Right. Thanks for coming Stay out. It, man. Fucking this hey, is great.
2: man. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. What's the name of the new album? Uh, the new album is called One to Grow On. Mike of the Moon Pies, themoonpies.com. Look us up, you know, how to use Google. So. <laughs> simple, dude. Hell Thanks, yeah. Bro.
0: All right, I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Thank you, Zach. I hope that uh, this trip goes as planned. You know, I, uh, I, I, the, the, Colorado BDR calls for like six days Which I believe is Easily doable Been getting a lot of rain here in northern New Mexico So I don't know what The conditions have been like up there On the map there's multiple places that say Not passable if wet Which I mean I think that's for You know not passable For some people Me and Randall are going to fucking push it though And uh, Hopefully I can go from through Colorado, go touchdown in Sturgis, you know, at least just touchdown and then go to Idaho. And then I got to be in Jackson hole on the 16th. It could work out where I can make that Braun brothers. I might even just like skip Sturgis and go back to the fucking, the mysterious mystical round the world Doug fishing hole that he showed me in Wyoming and catch some giant fucking trout because you know I will have my fishing pole with me anyhow Zach <clears throat> regardless uh, I listen to the new singles they're fucking sick uh or the new single it's sick listen to some of the old stuff I enjoy it dude it's like a. it's like if 1100 springs got some red dirt smeared all over them it's good stuff man uh I hope you have a wonderful summer. Everybody, go to DangerDanceTalkShop.com. I didn't even tell anybody about MC Shop Teas. Your T-shirt of the month club. The only way to support every local motorcycle shop. It's like a magazine subscription. Except for you get a T-shirt every month that features a different shop from around the country. With fucking art. You know, I, found by, I find badass artists to do badass art, to represent these badass shops that keep you in the wind. These are important people to support. And uh, this month's T-shirt was Sanctuary Cycles, a shop out of Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, Loaf, man. Hey, Loaf, I'm glad you're stoked. I'm stoked. And uh, make sure you go sign up so you don't miss another shirt. I had a bunch of people hit me up the past two months. One past shirts, and I'm like, "You got to be signed up. Once you see the shirts, it's too late." Uh, but I do have a like, you know, I have a few leftovers. Not of every shirt and every size by any stretch, but around Christmas time, normally around Black Friday, I put the leftovers up for sale to subscribers so that they can buy them uh, before Christmas and they can show up before the end of the year. So, there's a shirt you seen that you liked you didn't get it sign up and you know sometime before the end of the year I'll send you an email where you'll have a chance at buying some of the leftovers so that's how that works Uh, you can sign up monthly or buy monthly packages and uh, I hope all you motherfuckers have an amazing